Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the far end of the bench. I am Nico Bryant. This is Jimmy Pilato sitting right here next to me. This week's episode, we have such a good episode, man. We talk about the NBA Finals just wrapped up. Lakers winning their 17th NBA championship. And then directly after that, we talk about MLB playoffs. Yes, the Astros are still in the playoffs, so we're talking about that a little bit. Then we get into college football in-depth analysis. First time we've done that. Very, like, going diving into that fully. And then, and then obviously, have our NFL talk. And breaking news. Friday afternoon, we have an episode, another bonus episode, interview with Chris Birdman Anderson, NBA champion, big three champion, coming out on Friday, so be, be sure to tune in to that as well, man, it's going to be a fun one, my dad joins us as well, so many great stories on that, man, it's going to be so much fun. Follow us on social media. I keep, as, as, I, for, as, I, as I forget about our intros, but yeah, follow us on social media, at FEOTVPod, on Instagram, and on Twitter, man. This is going to be a fun one, Jim. Let's get into it, man. It was a little cringeworthy with how we started last week, but I guess we're I guess, I guess we're good. I mean, I, I think people are, are enjoying us, actually, so we, we don't cringe. Yeah, we're, we're having a little bit of fun. Because it's spooky, days. All right, let's go. It's it's Monday because we switched our recording days and our release days, but it's Spooktober. We mentioned it last week, but we didn't get into it. And, you know, we thought over the week since the last episode that if we didn't do something for Spooktober, we, we would regret it. So we're introducing it now during the center of attention. It's Halloween. A lot of people love Halloween. It's not necessarily our favorite holidays. Nico and I are, are not big Halloween guys or horror movie guys, but a lot of people are, and I know a lot of the bench warmers are. So we're going to do uh, top four of Halloween moments. We're starting off today with our top four horror movies of all time, and then we'll come up with more top fours in the other episodes coming up in October. But that's what we got coming up for you guys in this month of Spooktober. If you listen to Bustin' with the Boys, we mention them a lot. You don't refer to this time of the year as October. It's Spooktober, so let's get spooky. Welcome on, Benchformers. It's episode 10 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. And like you heard in the center of attention, we're going to start this week off with a little bit of homage to the time of the year. It's October. Obviously, Halloween comes at the end of this month, but we wanted to get you guys in the spirit a little bit early. So we're, we're going to do our top four, basically a Mount Rushmore of our, our favorite horror movies this week. And then, like I said, in the center of attention, we'll, we'll change the category each week. But, Nico, why don't you start off? What's your what's one of your top four horror movies of all time? Are you going ascending or descending order? Are you starting with one or are you going, start, going to start with four? I see, I don't really have a one, two, three, and four. I think they're about even because I'm, I'm not a person that's heavily into horror movies. I'm more of like the um, scary movies that are kind of funny at the same time. So I'm a little bit of both. So um, my first one... More recently, that I just absolutely loved was Get Out. Mm -hmm. Get Out, um, with with Jordan, uh, Jordan Peele created that masterpiece, and um, it was it, it had a suspense to it, and it was it was um, had enough into it where I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, and that one, I think that one was huge because nobody thought that he'd be able to write a movie like that because he's the funny guy. Mm -hmm. If you watch Key and Peele, he's the jokester, but he he does um, he actually. Because one of his movies ends up on my list too. He understands the horror storytelling, but he's able to 
because a lot of times you know when a scare is coming based on the music or sometimes the mm-hmm. people want to give it away in Halloween you know that Michael Myers is coming when you hear the piano the dun 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 you really had no idea of Get Out it was it was so creepy throughout the whole thing you and it was idea. a it was a spoon on a tea teacup that caused all the angst and so stuff. it's it's chilling it's, it's chilling it's more I'd say it's more of a thriller, but it does get counted as a horror movie because it is kind of scary at times. But that was that's a good movie, uh, especially one that was recent. What's of, What's your next one, Jim? My top, my first one. And I, I will are go you in, going one, two, three, four? Or I'll go you? through one, three, one, two, three, four. But I'll start with my four, and my four just because I saw it the most recently, and it, it's obvious. It, a lot of people liked it, but not many people I think have seen it yet. Is us? It's also mm-hmm. Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. and that one was cool because it just. Um, it played on a conspiracy, and then it also played on a pop culture movement back in the 80s with the Hands Across America. And then the conspiracy was that the government has alternate versions of us that live underground. Um, and then the twist at the end, I don't want to spoil it, but also it came out uh, over a year ago. And you might, you still won't even be able to kind of figure out where, um, where the twist is coming from. But the twist at the end was one of the best since Sixth Sense, since the Sixth Sense, where you realize Bruce Willis has been dead the whole movie, that us had one of the best twists I think I've seen. I, yeah, I still have yet to see that. Like I said, I'm not a big horror movie guy, but that's definitely. I mean, I love Get Out, so I yeah. mean, I'm gonna definitely want to watch Us. This one has a little bit more jump scare element into it, but it's along the same because Get Out was a lot of social commentary, mm-hmm. and Jordan Peele seems to be good at that. It doesn't. He doesn't beat you over the head with social commentary. He does make a pretty good movie. So, but by the way. We sound so silky smooth because we did upgrade our sound system, so you won't have to hear any of the background noise. Yeah, have to we have up. two mics going now, thank the Lord, because I, I mean, I already hate listening to myself talk, but now it makes it sound a little bit better the way I talk. So now, now you sound smooth like butter. Yeah. So now for my for my next one, um, I ha- I have a one that recently came out too, 2018, A, a Quiet Place. You guys watched on Netflix with John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an absolutely fantastic movie. I'm a big Office fan, so I love any, everything John Krasinski does, and um, it, it was it was it was great throughout. It was it was. Did so you see it in the theater? No, I did not see it through the theater. I've heard if you watched it in the theater because it is so quiet and you're able to hear the background noise. Um, if you saw it in IMAX, I heard that was just a totally different experience. I, you could probably get the same kind of experience. It might be a little bit different because you're then you're at home if you watched it on like a home theater. But I've been told that the movie theater experience for a quiet place is something. Maybe else. I have to wear wear some headphones with it and try that. that try a different experience. Definitely watch it during the day and keep the lights on. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we have any uh, blind aliens running around. But by by the way, spoiler alert, because uh, that kind of gives away who the monster is in that movie. My second one, I'm going to go, or my third out of my four, I'm going to go old school. And the funny thing when you talk about these old horror movies, they're pretty cheesy. And Freddy Freddy Krueger might be the cheesiest horror movie villain of all time. One of the scariest because you can't get away from him. Everybody has to sleep. But also, he's good. Um, In one of the movies, he comes out of a TV because the girl that he's terrorizing wants to be a TV star Time for my close-up, bitch, and pulls him into the TV. He's a, he's like the king of the one-liners. Jason and Michael Myers don't say anything. Freddy was the cheesy one, but he is still scary. So I'm going to give my third place to Nightmare on, on Elm Street. Yeah, my, my next one, I, I mean, like I, like I said, these are all kind of newish for me because I am new to it all. Um, it was It, the, the 20, 
the remake version. I think Pennywise, the the actor that did it, did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else he's in? You saw that? Did you see Deadpool too? Oh yeah, he's the yes, acid reflux guy. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, I mean it was fantastic. Like that's that's one of the, like first scary movies that I watched fully throughout, just because. I mean, I do like I did dress up as a clown when I was little for at least like ten years. Uh, so I mean, it, it's it's it was it was funny. It was it was it's my opinion one of the better recent ones. Oh, and if you watch, if you're gonna watch the It series, watch the original with Tim Curry. But make sure you watch it before you see the remake because if you watch the remake first, um, the first, the made for TV movie that came back that came out back in 1990 is good and it is kind of creepy. But if you watch the updated version with all the special effects, and it, it makes it a lot scarier when you watch the new version when you, than when you go back to the one that was released 30 years ago now. Um, so watch, watch the original, but watch that before you watch the new one so that you don't spoil the old one for yourself. Um, my next one is also a classic, and I think just based on, based on the killer that I would least like to see, my number, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to re- reveal my number one first. My number one... It's Halloween, but it's the remake that Rob Zombie directed because he put in a WWE character as the Michael Myers person in that one. And that dude was 6'11 and 300 pounds of solid muscle and absolutely terrified me. If he was a legitimate psychopath running around, I know I don't go to Haddonfield, Illinois very much, but he scared the living crap out of me just because he's so physically intimidating and Michael Myers is one of the scariest movie villains I think of all time. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great one. My my last one, uh, this is going to be a little controversial because many people don't think this is a scary movie, but when I was a kid watching it, I, I thought it was, it was a horror movie just because of the blood and everything, but Jurassic Park. The Velociraptor. You, you the Velociraptor. The Velociraptor seems what makes that a horror movie. Jurassic Park, man, it's it's a classic. It's, it's, it's a kid-friendly horror movie, and that's what I'm all about, man. I love Jurassic Park. I mean, I, Jurassic World as well. The remake was so much fun. That's definitely not a horror movie because it's a lot. It's more of an action movie. But the first original Jurassic Park, I think, does deserve to be in that conversation a little bit just because of the goriness of it. Um, in yeah, that yeah. sense, that's the first time that they that you saw a dinosaur eat somebody on screen. Exactly. The T Rex when he it's funny because he eats him off a toilet, but the, when the T Rex gets the first guy, it is a little bit shocking when you see a, a T Rex, and they had to develop the lore. Because obviously nobody's ever heard a T Rex roar. They had to develop it, and they mix like three sounds together. It's it's fantastic. It, it Steven Spielberg is a is genius. I think you can Absolutely count it genius. as a horror movie because Steven Spielberg directed it. Uh, but if I was going to go with Steven Spielberg movie, which I'm not, I would go Jaws. So because oh, Jaws oh, Jaws shoot. made people fear the ocean. Oh man, I, I totally forgot about that. Jaws. Jaws. I, I'm 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 completely backing out because I don't think this is on your list. But I'm I'm gonna take out um. What am I gonna take out? I'm gonna take Get Out just because I'm putting Jaws in there because I fucking love Jaws and I love sharks too. Yeah. I told that totally didn't cross my mind. I think that I mean that's launched. That's why people enjoy Shark Week and that's why Shark Week has been on. It's oh, we're watching the same I can't damn shows. That. We're watching the same damn shows about the same damn sharks, but we watch it every year and it's a, it's basically damn near a national holiday every week in August now. But I think that's what started. The I shark can't believe movies. I forgot about that. Wow, I, I feel terrible about myself. That is by. I'm, I'm going to take Jurassic Park out instead because I love Get Out too. I'm going to take that that out just because Jaws deserves the fucking praise. I love Jaws. Yeah, and Jaws makes Jaws was good enough that it makes my last one. It's the second one. Jason Voorhees. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with the remake Nightmare, not right, remake Friday the Thirteenth because Jason was a little bit more athletic and was actually physically intimidating. More athletic. Well, because in the first ones he's a he walks, he's an intimidating figure, but he walks everywhere. And in the first movie, he's not even a killer; it's his mom. Um, and I'm not saying spoiler alert for that one because that one came out in like 1980. Um, but we're talking about these the past tense because yeah. mostly, if you haven't seen them, it's it's a shame. But you still can watch it and still know what happens. With it yours. still will scare you because there are parts in that movie. Horror movies, yes, are cheesy by nature, especially slashers. But there are some pretty scary moments, and then that's also I think that's the first time. Kevin Bacon was killed on screen because he's murdered in the first in the original Friday the Thirteenth. He gets an arrow through the neck, mm-hmm. um, and he was the I think he's the first major actor that was he's got his start getting killed in the slasher movie. Yeah, the one the one thing that one movie I'm I totally spaced on too that just crossed my mind was Paranormal Activity. I yeah. remember that coming out that in, in, in middle school too, and just being absolutely freaked out just because. That could be you. Like you have no idea. The ending when she's still she is possessed by the ghost and she goes towards the camera and it's the only time that the demon actually kind of shows itself, quote unquote. Uh, I always the, like The Exorcist. I I refuse to watch The Exorcist because I'm not uber religious. But if possession is real, I don't really want to open myself up I, I to that wanna, possibility. I don't want to know. I'd rather believe that it's just a movie and that it was Pisu that the the little girl who was possessed by the Antichrist threw up and it wasn't actually the devil but those kinds of movies like paranormal activity mm-hmm. where you can't see what's coming after you those are a different kind of scary because you can't actually see what you're afraid of mm-hmm. we will i don't know if we'll put out something we, we might put we'll probably out put out i think um, either thursday or uh sunday mm-hmm. um like we said in the intro as well we're gonna have the um friday's episode you need to listen it's a yeah. must listen friday's episode um, we're gonna have a giveaway too on friday let's make sure to tune in for that episode and follow us on all of our pages. Yeah, it's going to be good. At FEOTB Pod, get on get on the bench now because things are only going up from here. And, and also, you know, interact. We do interact back. If you interact with us on social media, we will try and clap back with you. And maybe you don't agree with one of our movie choices. Maybe you think that some other horror movie should be on our list. So you guys can go ahead and, and debate that as well when we post this on our social media. Yeah, and Jimmy, I, I'm, I, need, to, I need to cut you off. This is, we, the, we have taken way too long not talking about the NBA Finals. This, 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 needs, to, this needs to get into let's this. Let's get into sports because that is what this podcast is about. The, the NBA Finals ended the day before we finished this. The Los Angeles Lakers take down the Heat in six games in absolute dominant fashion. Incredible yeah. performance you, on both I think ends. You retweeted the Barstool tweet when it, they had the scoreboard from Space Jam at halftime. It was like a lot to a little. Yeah. Seems a little one sided, doesn't it? it, it, it I mean, I love the Heat culture. It, you'll, if you listen Friday, we'll talk about that a lot more. But Heat culture is incredible down there. But you're facing one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. And I and Jimmy, I know as as much as we both hate the Lakers. Most as much as we both hate on LeBron and as much say as he annoys me, annoys us. He deserves his right on the top on the top of many lists, if not one or two, in the greatest of all time. And that win, as tough as it was seeing the Lakers win, it was for Kobe. Yeah, it was for Kobe. And hearing and seeing all those videos of all those um, people in LA chanting Kobe's name, man. Anthony Davis also in his, in his uh, post game. I'm getting I'm getting chills just talking about it, man. It, it, it was a storybook ending. It couldn't have ended a better way. Um, this NBA whole bubble, it was an absolute success. I mean, we're, we're going to get into all the NFL stuff later, but 
Yeah. The NFL is in shambles. The NBA didn't have one single positive test. Same with the NHL throughout the whole entire bubble. That is 100 plus days yeah. of doing that. That is so incredible. Adam Silver, tip your hat off to him, man. He has been done an incredible job, man. I'm he, so, so happy to be a big NBA fan because this is just shows how good the league is. No, Adam Silver took another step up as probably the best commissioner in professional sports. I think he's better than any of the other leagues have. Obviously, I don't know MLS or the Premier League or La Liga. I don't, I don't know. We, we just got a soccer podcast on the Unhinged Network, so maybe I'll start getting into it a little bit more. I'll give LeBron, and I'll stop calling him bonbons because I've been calling him bonbons on Twitter. He, he annoyed me throughout this entire run of the playoffs, but last night did take away one of the arguments I could use that Michael was better than LeBron. And he... I told you after the, the Heat won game five, after they pushed it and they got, caused the Lakers to lose once in the Mamba jerseys, I thought that mentally the team was going to be done. I thought that was the turning point of the series. I, I openly said it last week on the podcast. LeBron James and Anthony Davis were not mentally tough enough to come back after losing a game that they put the pressure on themselves. We, if you listen to the, the episode, the interview that we have on Friday, our guest says that pressure is just something that you put on, them, on yourself. And the Lakers did that when they – going into game five, changed into the mom jerseys, wanting to close this out in those jerseys for Kobe. Um, I thought that they screwed themselves by doing that, but credit to them, credit to Anthony Davis and LeBron James, um, and, and thank God LeBron James got Danny Green in the gym shooting three-pointers after game five because they came back and, and they proved me wrong. They did. I'll, I'll hold my hand up. That, the ending of the that game five, man, that was one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen. LeBron, I mean, I'm going to break this down just as a basketball mind to all those fans out there because – um, the play itself, people were giving too, Danny Green too much hate. LeBron, he made the right play, first of all. LeBron could not have taken that shot. He had four guys fall on him. Honestly, that wasn't his fault. Anthony Davis was under the basket when LeBron was driving. That was your first problem. That brings an extra defender. Now you have three or four people all looking at one guy. And Danny Green was wide open. That man hit. He's won three NBA championships with three different teams. LeBron, him, Robert Ory, and I forgot the last name. Those are the only players in NBA history to win three different championships with three different organizations. I mean, Danny Green does deserve a lot more love. I I felt so bad for him, man. Lakers fans are are deadly. I mean, they're they're, they're not them and uh uh what was the other? Um, New York. Shoot, New York fans yeah. are right, right there. I like, think the Knicks and the Rangers have probably the toughest fan bases, but the Lakers, they don't pay attention to you when you're not good, but when you're supposed to be, when you have all the hype that they did, they are ruthless. I hope they gave him, gave him his due. I hope Lakers fans can walk all that or wash that all down because Danny Green was a big part of that win the other night. He was he was firing all centers and Rondo, man. I was I, I felt like I was watching 2009 Rondo. I felt like I was watching. Boston big three slash big four Rondo like it, it was incredible he was up and down the floor making plays defensively offensively doing things that the Lakers needed to do well I mean um, I'll I'll tell you who I think the MVP should be not necessarily for what he did on the court but I think what gave LeBron the mental toughness to deal with how the game five ended was J.R. Smith because oh, if you if you I think back to the last I love time, you J.R. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're on that chronic therapy a little bit too much for most of the especially the old school um, sports fans. But the think of the last time LeBron was in the finals and the way that that series ended with Jr. getting the rebound 
I don't think it was the final game, but it was, it was the first game. It, and Jr. got the rebound, didn't know what the situation was, dribbled it out. LeBron basically lost his shit on the court. That's the first time, one of the first times I've seen LeBron James lose his composure um, while cameras were on him. He's pretty good about doing that stuff behind closed doors. But I think having that situation in his back pocket, then he was able to maybe, maybe he wasn't as hard on Danny Green as we were all saying he should be in the locker room because he had been there with Swish. And like, yeah, this is, obviously this is a big stage for a lot of these guys. Danny Green has been there, but it's never been under these circumstances in the bubble. So I think that J.R. Smith deserves a lot of credit because his really dumb decision that he made the last time he and LeBron were in the finals, they overcame that, they learned from it, and they were able to get it done this well, time. J.R. Smith, man, he's a two-time NBA champion. J.R., I love you, he's bro. He's the king of the celebration. Two Ovi's championship celebration. J.R. Smith it took two. It literally took less than two seconds for J.R. to lose his shirt after they won the title. And I just, oh, my. And man. then he was on Instagram Live the rest of the night drinking champagne. Oh, you bet, you bet your sweet ass. smelling those champagne fumes. They, left, they left Quinn Cook, too, at the, at the, at the arena. Yeah. And he had to walk back to his room. I feel so bad for him. But before we keep going with all that, I need to... Say something about LeBron James that um, that completely crossed my mind again is like we've been hating this man for way too long. Yes, he he doesn't he, he has his own, he speaks about a lot of things some people don't dis- don't agree with whatever it may be. Um, he does so much for the game. There's 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 something to be said about how how LeBron has made himself the person he is. I mean, if you look, he he's been playing in the NBA for 17 years. He is he first bur- bursted onto the scene at 17 years old. That means more than half of his life he has had the cameras on him. It's it's crazy to think um, this is another championship that is is people are gonna say this this is discredit championship whatever it may be. I am gonna completely disagree with you there. At the beginning of the playoffs, both hockey and NBA, we said this was gonna be the hardest championships to win. They had the possibility. They had the possibility of that. And people will say, well LeBron didn't face the Clippers, LeBron didn't face Giannis. Are you kidding me? He, he beat faced, the team who beat the Clippers. He beat the team who beat the Clippers. He beat he beat um Damian Lillard in the first round. He beat James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two guys who were MVPs not that long ago. Yeah. He faced the Miami Heat team who ran through the Eastern Conference. This was one of the hardest championships to win in hockey and the NBA. Yeah. And this asterisk next to it is a good asterisk. And people need to stop discrediting this at all. No, this asterisk comes with a lot more credit because um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We, we all were quarantined. We all understand how that feels. But these guys willingly put themselves in a place where they knew they couldn't leave. They knew they had strict regulations, and they knew they, if they wanted to con- to do what they wanted to do, which the Lakers, if they didn't win this year, I don't think that that team looks anywhere near what it's going to now. Mm-hmm. But th- that was a tough situation to put yourself in, and they put themselves in it willingly. So they do they do deserve a lot of credit. And LeBron, gets I think he gets more flack for the stuff that he doesn't say because he's very outspoken about issues that are important to him. But he does... He, LeBron gives back to so many people. Like we go back to saying his his I Promise School in Akron, man. He he's the first person people think about when you think about basketball. Like it's it's he's literally this generations. He's not the he's not Michael Jordan the way that he plays, but he's this generation's Michael Jordan because he has influenced the next generation. When LeBron retires, he will have basically every single NBA record there is. It, there's no doubt about that. LeBron will have the greatest re, the greatest career an NBA player has ever seen, and we may ever seen at all. 
whether he's the greatest player of all time, that's a different debate. But he will, on paper, stat-wise, and everything he accomplished, will have the greatest NBA career of all time. Yeah, and there's By no single way, individual. There's no way that he's not making it into the Hall of Fame. There's no way that he's not getting all of these different accolades. Um, and, and honestly, it's unfair for people to be upset with him for not speaking out on certain issues. Because if you think back to the guy that everybody compares him to, Jordan, it, they'd said it in the last dance. He was asked to come out and speak about an issue that was politically charged in his hometown or in his home state of North Carolina. And he said no because he was focused on people on both sides of the aisle buying his shoes. So it's not like he's the first superstar to not speak out because it would hurt his bottom line. But just with the way that the climate is, I think he does. He gets more flack than he deserves because he's not the first one. But since he is so famous and he is the guy that everybody – he's the NBA. He is the NBA uh, he might as well. He doesn't even have to have a jersey of a specific team. He's just. He should just wear a jersey with the NBA shield on it. Every everywhere LeBron goes, he is the most looked at person. And now we are seeing this even with his son. Mm-hmm. Bron- Bronny is. I, I went to a Bronny one of Bron- Bronny's uh, high school games last October, and I was that was an absolute joy to watch. But like you, it's the magnitude of him. He's not just basketball. He's sports. I mean, the top two athletes right now in the world, like. One of the main person people that come to mind is LeBron. He he leads not only in every single category. Every like he has eleven triple doubles in the NBA Finals. He's, that's a record that's never going to be broken. He's thirty six and not even a role player yet. He is going to continue to do this. He's gonna. He I don't see him slowing down at all. No, it's, it's ridiculous. He's people still, are saying this. He still has that last stage of his career too, the Ray Allen stage, where you're the role player that guys bring in because you have all the. You elevate the team because of your presence. He's at, he hasn't even hit that spot yet. He's going to be playing with his son in two years. Yeah. Think about that for a second. I mean, so the Lakers are going to tank so that they can get Nine out of the last ten NBA championships has included one man, LeBron James. Yeah. That is blasphemous to think about. Like there's kids. It shouldn't happen. There there are kids that ha- that are te- that are they're in middle school or just beginning high school that have never seen LeBron not be good. Yeah. Not be good. LeBron has been in his prime longer than anybody in in sports history. We've seen sports two, history. We've seen two of the longest streaks that I don't think anybody ever thought were possible, and that was the Patriots dynasty being a dynasty for twenty years. I think it's finally over now that Brady left. New England, and then we've seen LeBron James absolutely dominate the NBA, and he has been the best player since he got got there at 17 years old, and he's con- continued to be the most talented player I think in this generation, uh, and he's beaten everybody. He's beaten. He's. You can't say that he hasn't played the competition Jordan played because he has beaten probably. If not more, he's beaten the same amount of Hall of Famers on, on his way to where he is in his career. People said he got to the finals because he was, he was in the Eastern Conference. What happened the first year he was in the playoffs in the Western Conference? Dominated. He, he dominated. He five games. Didn't lose back-to-back games. Didn't lose back-to-back games at all in the playoffs. Dominated Portland. When I, my dumbass, picked Portland to win in the first round, which was idiotic. I apologize, LeBron, for that. Have, he beat them in five games. Then played Houston with two MVPs on the team. Five games. Then went to Denver. Love our Nuggets, but that was the easy series as well. Yeah. Five games. And then you get to the finals where LeBron's mindset took over. And although the Heat made it a series, LeBron was not going to be lo- losing that game. LeBron but did, losing that series at all. That was did, not happening. They did have it a little bit easy because the Heat were just so run down at the end of the season. At the, at the end of the season, but that's where people tried to use that excuse with the Nuggets last year, losing to Portland in seven because Jokic had to play so much. 
when you're a superstar on the team and you know you're the guy on the team, you expect, especially in series like that, you're going to play more minutes than you have averaged the rest of the season. It's it's 100% going to happen. Um, so it, you can kind of say that it was a little bit detrimental there, but they did go through the same process that the Heat did. They played the same amount of games in the bubble, and you know, there, every year one team is one team is uh, held is held back by injuries. And sometimes that team wins, sometimes that team loses. There's no way that you can say that the Lakers didn't deserve this championship. Oh, they were incredible. The one thing that just brought almost a tear to my eye too, like going through Twitter, is like Kobe's last thing, public thing he ever said was a tweet at LeBron saying continuing to move the game forward. Mm-hmm. Jordan passed it on to Kobe. Kobe passed it on to LeBron. These, those are the three, in my opinion, three greatest players of all time. And it is beautiful to watch. I mean, LeBron promised Cleveland he was going to bring a ring. He, that happened. He promised the Lakers they were going to come back. That happened. He came and to the Heat when they were going to win championships. That, that happened. happened. And it's it's continuing to keep going. And it's so it was beautiful. I hate the Lakers with all my passion, but I'm, I'm a basketball fan. And it's it's so be, it was beautiful to watch the celebration and everyone in the streets of L.A. chanting Kobe at the top of their lungs. Yeah, if you're a sports fan, there's no you have no problem with this. Speaking of being just a sports fan, I think we we got to talk about the MLB playoffs because they've been better than we were given what what we thought they were going to be. The, the, one, the one the one thing though, I do want to say before we skip on the MLB, mm-hmm. I do want to make a quick prediction: who's in the finals next year? Golden State. I'll go. I'll go conference finals. I'm going to go Golden State, and then depending on what LA, if LA right now, LA right now, which is not going to be the same team, I think that they can. They'll be, they'll be which LA? Which LA? The 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 Lakers. The Lakers, Lakers. the Lakers and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. I think Eastern Conference is going to be Boston Miami again because they're both teams that are set up well. And then I think, uh, depending on whether or not this Golden State team that's coming back is going to be as good as we think they are, I could honestly see them making a, a return to the finals and then playing. Um, I think Boston because I think. You know, Jason Tatum wants to get to that next step. So you think Boston going saying who's Boston, your, who are you picking out of that? Out of that, I'm going. I don't know enough about Jason Tatum to to know the kind of mindset that he has. If he's able to overcome a series of that magnitude, I'm going to go with the team that's been there, and I think Golden State wins the NBA Finals next year. All right, then there's one team you're forgetting about in all of this, and guess Golden State is coming back. So I'll, I'll I'll go along with your thing. I think it's going to be Golden State and the Lakers. I think the Clippers are going to fall apart along the road. Kawhi and Paul George are going to leave, and I think I think the Lakers still get the nod though. I think I think LeBron will go in in the off season and pick and get some better role players mm-hmm. to complement him a little bit more as well. Anthony Davis will be a lot better as well. So I think the Lakers return to the NBA Finals. You think he comes back? He's coming back. He's not leaving now. He's not. He he tastes the gold and he's going to fucking want it, want it more next year. He's going to keep coming back because he's got a chance to repeat now very easily. He, he's not going to go somewhere where he's going to rebuild. He's he, going to want to win another ring. He has a lot easier road to being the best center of all time, too. Or, oh, oh, oh. Big, big he, man. He, first of all, he's power forward. And people are comparing him to Dirk, Tim Duncan, KG. He's not there yet. Let's, Anthony Davis is a great player, but he's not there yet. Let's, let's pump the brakes on that. But Eastern Conference, the team you are forgetting about, Jimmy. New head coach. Team that was badly injured, barely made the playoffs. Oh, the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Steve Nash led Brooklyn Nets. I am picking them to make the NBA Finals. I say it's going to be a Brooklyn versus Boston Eastern Conference Finals. I think Miami is going to have a few hiccups unless they pick up another star, which 
It could happen. Could happen. Very could happen. But I'm taking Brooklyn. KD, Kyrie are going to come back with a vengeance. That Brooklyn team was very good without them. Yeah. And now you're adding two all-stars and and NBA champions. The narrative for that, if it's Golden State, Brooklyn, you get KD to go up against the team that never gave them the respect that you you either get that or you get Kyrie versus LeBron. Yeah. In the finals. And that and I, so I'm picking LA versus Brooklyn and that would be so much fun to watch. I've never oh seen my Brooklyn gosh. be good, so I'm excited to see that and now so that I'm a basketball fan, I got stuff to look for. I love Steve Nash too, bro. I love me some Steve Nash and he is he, he's gonna be a great coach there. And let's not discount the Nuggets. We're yeah. gonna be there. Uh, it's gonna be tough, but we're, we're gonna, gonna have to make a move. We're gonna have to get a big acquisition. We're gonna need to make some moves, but if we can get Oladipo, I'll give you the Nuggets. But yeah. if we don't get if we don't get a if we don't get Oladipo or a player of his level, I I have a tough time seeing it. The NBA pass. next year is gonna. I say so we're gonna. I say if we don't get a star like that, we're out in the, in the Western Conference Finals to the Lakers or Golden State. Oh my gosh, man! NBA is gonna be semifinals. so much. Semifinals. NBA, NBA, Western Conference semifinals. NBA final or NBA next year is gonna be so much fun. Like we said, KD coming back, Kyrie gonna be healthy. Mm-hmm. The East, who knows what's gonna happen? Is Brooklyn like Brooklyn? I see a Kyrie versus LeBron NBA Finals. That'd be a dream, bro. Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that. The Slim Reaper versus the because the, the Golden State Warriors <sighs> owe a good portion of their dynasty to Kevin Durant, but they the. This, the picture that they chose for because they did the top NBA teams of all time and the picture that they chose for Golden State was a year that Kevin Durant was on the team and they didn't use a picture he was in and they also didn't give him the credit of being the NBA Finals MVP every year that they won it I miss it already man god damn can it be December can it be Christmas time already fuck I want uh, basketball back uh, you want to just skip over spooky what, season what the hell am I going to watch during the week I mean unless football is going to give me Tuesday night games every week I have nothing to watch you're going to start getting matches so you have college football oh we're about to get to the, the part of the year where football is on Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday so you will have to watch baseball on Wednesdays. But I, you've been getting I, I, I guess I'm going to have to start watching The Bachelorette or something on Wednesdays, I guess. I don't know. But basketball, is, it's going to be an empty spot in my heart for the There's next There's also a new months. spring football league coming up that I saw one of our, our associates on the Unhinged Network, Gridiron Gallery, was. it's called the Spring League. It's new. The XFL will be yeah. coming back at some point. So the, we're in a good time for sports. And, and we still have... We still have... I miss hockey basketball. I miss hockey I miss basketball. It, I miss it. I miss it. I'm, I'm, it's been one day and I miss it. I'm jonesing for some oh, playoff... I miss it. I'm jonesing for some playoff football now that hockey <sighs> and basketball are over. But we have to talk about the other postseason that's happening. Because we do have a lot of baseball fans that listen mm-hmm. to this podcast. And the Unhinged Network doesn't have a baseball-centered podcast yet. So let's talk about the MLB playoffs. The championship series on both the American League side and NL side are set. The American League has actually already played two games. And Tampa Bay is up... On Thank the, the Lord. Uh, Houston trash cans. Asterix. 2 0. Houston Asterix. Houston, Houston Asterix, they're down 2 0 right now in the series. Tampa Bay has looked pretty dominant. They won game one on Sunday, 2 1, and they just won, uh, I believe, to, they won they earlier tonight, today, yeah. 4 2. Now we're getting into the part of the series that might be a little bit tough because the playoffs are different this year because you have the extra wildcard series. But when you go through a three-game series and a five-game series, you can pitch your best guys multiple times in a series. That's tough to do in a seven-game series. And now you're you're going to you're going up against a team who was a World Series champion, whether they have an asterisk or not. But they do have a talented roster, and they do have some pitching that can give them problems, give the Rays problems moving forward. But this also might be a Cinderella season that we're seeing in Tampa. I do. 
disagree with you, the fact that your starters are going to be worse in seven-game series because you get more rest in between games. You could throw um, your ace out there three to three games in a series, in a three-game series. Or if you're going to give them short rest. Yeah, if you're going to give them short rest, whatever it may be. So I think that might benefit the pitchers more. Um, but I, 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 I love to see the Rays win. Man. I would absolutely love to see it. But I have a bad feeling the Astros are going to come back. This is, this I just be, do. This would be Tampa's best year of sports because they would have a Stanley Cup oh. champion and then a, a, an American League pennant. Um, but like I said, I mean that, that roster in Houston is tough to ignore. Well, when I first got into baseball was was when the Rockies made the World Series in 07. But the year after, the Rays made a big run to the World Series playing the Phillies. I remember, man, I, I love watching Longoria and Pena and, and all the, all those st- Carl Crawford for mm-hmm. for the Rays and I mean I don't know a lot of names on this um, Rays team but I can't help but root for them man. No, and they weren't supposed to be here because the AL East was supposed to be Red Sox and Yankees deciding who was going to make it to the World Series out of that out of that whole league. And then the Red Sox sucked this year. The Rays made a huge run. I think they benefited from the shortened season, but they still won forty games out of six out of sixty that they played. So they, they have been talented throughout the whole the whole thing, and they're the number one seed. Mm-hmm. So they are a good team. Um, not going to discredit that, but I do think that experience is going to be where they fall short, and I think that might be what gets the Astros, Astros have to get Astros have to get themselves out of the big hole. Two O is is a hole. We we've seen it in basketball and hockey. Two O was a tough one to come back from, but there's the Astros have. I mean, it's Springer could Springer could show up. Correa could show up. Altuve has. Has had a few big RBI hits uh, throughout the playoffs, so I I want the Rays to win. I really don't want the Astros. I want I want the Rays to win, but story wise, I want the Astros and the Dodgers in the World Series. Speaking of the Dodgers, they're playing the Braves in the ALCS, a surprise team on the eight on the in the NLCS and the NL side. The Braves won thirty five games. They were they got hot towards the end and got into the playoff series. And now they're going up against the Dodgers, who've been in the World Series, I think, three out of the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think the only year that they weren't in it was last year when the Nationals won. Yep. But, oh, no, the, the, yeah, you're right, you're right. And, right. and now they have, I mean, Kershaw's kind of shaking the playoff monkey off of his back. He's pitched great in the in the postseason so far. And, and now we have, they're tied right now in the bottom of the eighth, 1-1. This is going to be a knockdown dragout because you have a hot team going up against probably the most talented team in the in the NFL. No, the, I... I I am a Rockets fan full, 100%, but I can't help but hurt for Clint Kershaw. Man. Yeah. He has had the bad rap. I mean, you had to face the Astros in the World Series and the trash can, whatever, that whole thing. And then he's had a very, very tough tough time just getting over the hump. And for one of the best pitchers this game has seen, like especially from the left-handed side, yeah. he deserves to get one finally. Him and his buddy from high school, because him and Matt Stafford played on the same high school football team, they both, I mean, they're some of the most talented people we've seen play their positions in their sports, but they, both of them. Oh! As a, uh, live recording. Live recording. Sorry. There you go. That's fine. Um, but, like, Stafford has never gotten over the hump in the NFL. Kershaw's never gotten over the hump in the MLB. I think this might be the year, and they're going to be carried by their bats. And right now, one run in this first game. You know, you give it a little bit because you don't know how how often these teams have played and how well they know each other, but the bats gotta they gotta wake up. They're not gonna be winning these games moving forward one nothing over the Braves. Yeah, it's it the the pitching matchup is gonna go to the Dodgers. Atlanta has to put up runs to win games. I mean, you, uh, you the first series they won against the Reds, 
I mean, that was one zero games, two zero games. It was very nitpicky, but the last series they just poured it on the Marlins. They they need to they need to produce big runs if they're gonna win games. And right now one to one in the eighth inning, that's that that's a game that favors the Dodgers just because yeah. they're talent. And then having Kenley Jansen in the back end too, that's that's very nice backbone to have. They're going back to back in this series, so we're gonna find out real quick. By the time this episode comes out, the Braves could have a two zero series or it could be tied one one. Uh, we'll have to talk about the NLCS a little bit more on next week's episode. But that's been. That's our coverage of the MLB playoffs because we got to get into some college football and NFL recaps. What a weekend college football. It was a huge weekend in college football. I mean, we have been talking about it a lot. I did post a blog on the Unhinged site, unhingedsn.com, about the Red River rivalry and then also just the outlook of the season coming up. And we'll start by going over some of the big scores because we had some big games. You mentioned Miami-Clemson last weekend. I I was right. My dumbass picked Miami. I wasn't right because I thought it was going to be close, but... Clemson just showed why they are. Literally them. They have like a 26-game conference winning streak, and they have a 28-game home winning streak. They're just an absolute machine. Trevor Lawrence, best NFL prospect at quarterback since Peyton Manning. I'm, I'm going to yeah, say You'll put Joe Burrow there. Give him a little bit of love. I mean, yeah, based on the one season, but this is like a no-brainer since yeah. he's been in high school. Trevor Lawrence has been the top NFL quarterback of his class since then, and he dominated Derrick King. Derrick King's a Heisman Trophy hopeful this year but also I wanted to talk about Travis Etienne because all the love Trevor Lawrence gets and all those receivers all the love those receivers gets at Clemson Travis Etienne had 17 carries 149 yards and two touchdowns and he's been a sneaky Heisman candidate for the past couple years he's an absolute animal at the running back position and he he kind of gives this Clemson team where the ACC struggles in being hard-nosed and being able to run the ball he kind of gives Clemson that edge in the conference, and I think that's why the Tigers have been so dominant over that conference. Yeah, the ACC the is dominated by Clemson. Uh, we thought Miami could have sh- maybe. This is the second time Miami's supposed to be putting themselves on the map. They, they had the chance a couple years ago when they were undefeated, meeting Clemson in the ACC championship. This was their next chance. That's tough. I love the U, but it's it's Clemson looks like they're on a war path. Though. They're almost a sure lock in for the Final Four, that's for sure. I mean, they're, they're going to continue to keep playing um, this type of football. Dabo Sweeney has done an incredible job ever since he got there. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick, whoever whoever that is, that's for sure. They're not going to be challenged for another three weeks when they play uh, Notre Dame in November. That's going to be their next challenge because right now after – I think they dominate Notre Dame too. Yeah, Notre Dame is kind of they're, – they're in the top five just because the Big Ten hasn't started playing yet. They can't move Ohio State because they're not playing, but I think Ohio State is going to come back and – and prove that they are one of the top four teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Clemson, after Miami, they go they go to Georgia Tech and then play Syracuse and Boston College at home before they go to South Bend and play Notre Dame. Clemson is going to be a, a problem in a handful. For sure, the one or number two seed, 100%. Yeah. It, I don't, it probably doesn't mean anything, but it's they're locked in, I guarantee. That's uh, I, I don't know, maybe Notre Dame shocks the world, but I don't, I don't see it I want to talk about the, uh, another team I think is going to be in the top two, Alabama. They won big 63-48, but they gave up 48 points to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss hasn't been able to score like that on them since, I think, Swag Kelly was the quarterback. It's true, yeah. And they beat Alabama a couple times. But this was – Alabama's offense, I said it before we, stu- we turned the mics on for this episode, Alabama's offense is something I don't think I've seen in college football for a very, very long time, probably since – Miami won their national championship back in 2001 when they had, I think, seven NFL All-Pro players on their bench. 
Alabama's offense with, I mean, Mac Jones is, is a system quarterback, but he's fit that system really well, had 417 yards on Saturday. Najee Harris, you want to talk about a running back? Najee Harris is everything you want in a running back. He's Alvin Kamara, but he has more hype, the, the right amount of hype coming out of college. He's going to be a first-round pick, and then uh, they, they got another receiver. that Maybe if the Broncos are going to be as bad as they are, maybe they team up Jerry Judy and, and Jalen Waldman next year. Yeah, that, that, um, that offense lost Tua. Lost Damian Harris, lost Henry Jerry, Ruggs, Judy. Jerry Judy, and Harry Henry Ruggs. Mm-hmm. That that's crazy. Mac, Mac Jones, he, he's he's a product of the system. It's it's like AJ McCarron thing. He has a ton of great players around him. He probably won't be an NFL type quarterback, but he has such good talent around him. That offense is clicking on all cylinders. They have a big test this week though. Playing Georgia, that's that's going to be make a break game. I think yeah. if Bama loses this game. They have to, have to, have to win the SEC championship to make the Final Four. Yeah, this is that's that's a good segue into another conversation I wanted to have. Let's I'll pull up the rankings in college football now. But I did I kind of mentioned it, and then my blog about college football and where everything stands talked about it too. How is the college football playoff going to look since the Big Ten is coming back? They are going to play games, and they are qualified for the college football playoff because everybody qualifies for a bowl game now. They're only going to have, I think, eight games is what I came up to. If you win the Big Ten Championship, you would be 8-0, just in, in a perfect mm-hmm. world. Eight games, and then you go up against teams like Clemson, if they're undefeated, who have will, will have played 11. I think Alabama will have played 10 or 11, yep. too, if they're the SEC champion. And then you also have teams like Oklahoma State, who's undefeated right now in the Big 12. Big 12 is also a Power 5 conference. And then Cincinnati and all those lower-level schools. But how does the Big Ten factor in the playoff selection this year, not having as many games as the other conferences? I said I said the previous or last week as well. Big Ten will have a representative in the Final Four. I don't think the committee, especially specific about um, who is like like having X amount of teams from X amount of divisions, but or how many games teams play. But the uh, teams like Ohio State and Michigan are gonna play still a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. It's just you're, you're you're just getting rid of the extra games now. Like you're only playing conference teams, and they're gonna beat up on each other. If a team like Michigan goes undefeated and finally beats Ohio State, they're gonna get them. They're gonna get in there. If Ohio State makes a big run and say they only lose one game as well to a random. Game, I mean, maybe an lose, Iowa game if or they something. Lose to Iowa or Wisconsin, that's something. That's something, but they'll. I still see them in there. I, I Big Twelve is not a good conference. It's not good no. at all. And the teams that were going to compete for the playoff both just beat the shit out of each other this past week. Oklahoma State is that's pushing it. This the one thing I think with the with the Final Four that people need to take into consideration is there's going to be Clemson. There's going to be at least one Big Ten school. I don't know who it will be yet. Probably going to be Ohio State, but it's going to be. And then you're going to have um, either in, in a sorry, I'm trying, I'm backtracking. I'm losing my train of thought. There's yeah. going to there's going to be another SEC school, yeah, or there's going to be a Big uh, Twelve school, or possibly a, a group of five conference like a Cincinnati who's on a huge win streak, and if they go undefeated and win their conference. It'd be tough not to give them a four spot. Exactly. So it, it that four spot is going to where the battle is. I think Ohio State will still fit into there. I think especially if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, they'll fall out. They won't be right in the mix. If Notre Dame upsets them, right. then this is absolute chaos. ACC, um, ACC right now is a one team that's whoever wins the championship is going to be who gets in because you're not getting. I think 
I mean, I have this argument with all of our colleagues on the Unhinged Network. I think Big Ten football, top to bottom, I think that conference is the best conference in college football just because you have Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, Mich- or Minnesota last year, Notre, or not Notre Dame, Northwestern has been good in the past few years. So, like, there is a lot of competitiveness, and they are going to beat the crap out of each other. Playing a Big Ten schedule is no – that's not an easy schedule, I think. Guaranteed one one spot in there. And the one thing we're also not thinking about, what if a Pac-12 school goes undefeated? What if, what if like, it, it's very tough to put them in there. Right now, Oregon's sitting at 12, and I think Oregon is the only Pac-12 school that could be up for who, who else in the, is in the rankings for the Pac-12? USC is, is at 25. Okay, yeah, the only, only, they have to go undefeated and just obliterate schools. I think, I think they're still going to be, have a case that maybe Oregon or, the, there's going to be probably one undefeated team in the Pac-12, and that team will be 6 to 7 range at the end of the year. So they could have an argument, say, it, yeah, if, 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 if the Final Four are two undefeated Big Ten schools and they have to play each other in the championship. Exactly. So they may have, maybe it'll sneak in there. It's, I think there's only going to be one SEC school. There's only going to be one Big Ten school, and there's only going to be be one big a- or one ACC school. The rest are fighting for one spot. So it's tough. I mean, I'll I'll give you some personal experience. It's hard to say that Oregon is going to take care of the business that they need to. Because they should have done that last year. They had the chance, even after they lost With Herbert. one game. All they had to do was win out the rest and win the Pac-12 championship. They decided to lose to Arizona State in, a, I think, a fluke. That was Herbert's worst game in college football. And then they ended up winning the Pac-12 championship and mm-hmm. effectively eliminated that, that conference from the playoff. So it's tough to say that Oregon is going to handle business. But if they end up doing that this year, who knows? They, maybe the Pac-12 does get that fourth spot. But I think... It is an interesting conversation to have, and there is merit to the fact that Big Ten schools and Pac-12 schools are only playing eight games, and all the other schools are playing eleven. That that's going to help a team like Georgia or a team like um, Notre Dame have an argument for that fourth spot for sure. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, we'll talk more about that as it comes down, um, and then once baseball's over, college football is basically the second biggest sport that's going on um, until basketball starts. In hockey, in, yeah. In hockey, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. Now let's get into some NFL recap because there was, I'll, I'll say, you know, there's a lot of offense this year, which is not something I was expecting. Right now the Chargers and Saints, while we're recording this tied 19 seconds left at 27. So that, that ended up changing because Chargers were up by, I think, two touchdowns. Now with the NFL, I wanted to start with the Seahawks because the Seahawks are undefeated. Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate. They beat a 1-4 Vikings team last night on Sunday Night Football, 27-26. And they won, I think, all of their games by less than a touchdown, except for the Falcons Week 1. So they, they beat the Falcons 38-25, the Patriots 35-30, the Cowboys 38-31, the Dolphins 31-23, and then the Vikings 27-26. Uh, the Vikings are a good team. I need, I need to say that first. Like people, They've had a very tough schedule to start. Zimmer hasn't made the best decisions, but the Vikings are still no joke. Like they lost some defensive pieces. Like I'm gonna give Seattle still the benefit of the doubt, um, just because I think Russ is on an MVP tear and he should win MVP this year because he deserves one MVP trophy in his in his case. And I think this year is a possibility for that. So I think he is on a tear. So Minnesota, yeah, they're one of four, but they just it's it's not something that like makes it. Makes me cringe or makes me not think 
this win is valid because Minnesota is it halfway decent. No, I'll give them more credit for beating the Vikings because I do think the Vikings are more talented than their record shows. But the Dolphins game, I'm not going to give them credit for that. That's Patrick's good. been playing well, but that is, that's a team they should dominate if they're one of the top in the league. They're 5-0 right now, excuse me. We just had week 5. Um, but I, I, it scares me a little bit because they haven't dominated anyone like they should have. Mm-hmm. They've been able to, uh, but they haven't taken that step, so I'm a little wary about them. You want to talk about the Cowboys just because of Dak's injury? Yeah, it was very unfortunate. Dak, Dak went down and, and br- obliterated his ankle. He's He luckily had a successful surgery. It's going to be four to six month healing process. Prayers out to him, man, because the man didn't get paid in the offseason, and, and now Jerry Jones is – I mean, he, I, I hope he pays him because Dak Prescott was the sole reason the Cowboys were in so many games. And, the, I mean, the Cowboys' record is not good, and it's only going to get worse with Andy Dalton as quarterback. But Dak Prescott deserves so much more credit for keeping that team in games. Yeah, unfortunately, he's... Their defense is horrendous. Yeah, their defense is not good. So like, bad. Losing Van Der Esch doesn't help, but they weren't going to be good anyways. Um, it sucks because Dak, I think, could have been... If the Cowboys had a better record, he probably is a higher vote on the MVP list, just the way he was playing. But... That's uh, a tough injury, and now you got to hope that the team doesn't do well without you. Can't have Andy Dalton. You got to kind of root against your team now because if Andy Dalton comes in and can win with the roster, <laughs> wait, hold on. Did you just? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. stop. Did you just listen to what you just said? I'm listening. Right, you I'm just listening. said Andy Dalton is. If Andy Dalton leads this team to some success, do you really think that? Because I guarantee you, you that's not the process, the thought process you're thinking of. I mean, Andy Dalton wasn't in a place in Cincinnati that he could be great because he's only going to be as good as the talent around him. And he has Michael Gallup, and he has C.D. Lamb, and he has Amari Cooper, he has Zeke Elliott. This Cowboys team is not the same Cowboys team that went 14-2, and but this Cowboys team offensively can excuse me, play with a lot of teams. So they're... I'm not saying, if he hands the ball off 60 times a game, then we're talking about something completely different. And they're so. not going to be able to win like that. Because their defense sucks. The yeah, they don't have the defense to do that. But if you're Dak Prescott, you gotta you got to hope that you were the missing piece that was keeping this team in games. I uh, think he was, but you gotta have you you got to hope that it's proven. See, Lance's production is going to go down. Um, Michael Gallup's production is going to go down. Then Amari Cooper's production will go down. It's 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 going to be a spiral effect. This offense is going to be relied on one person, and it's Ezekiel Elliott. If his run, if he's running as hard as he can, and he's hitting the hole, and he's he's making a difference offensively, and the defense can play halfway decently, then you might be able to steal some games. But this the Cowboys season is on the backs of Andy Dalton. And you know, if all people know, that's not something to be confident in. He can get you to the wild card. He's not going to win you a playoff game, but he can get you to the. He drug some so many bad Bengals teams to the playoffs. You can't you can't deny that he did that. The Bengals for a stretch there were in the playoffs for five straight years. Yeah, maybe he shocks the world. I I I, I love seeing the Cowboys do good because I love Ceedee Lamb and I love watching Zeke play football and run the ball especially because I'm a, I love watching a good running back. Got it. Got so, to have a fullback. So, um, yeah, I, I hope they do well. I just I want Dak to get paid, man. I feel so bad. It's gonna, he's going to be probably on another one-year deal next year or a franchise tag. He's going to have to prove himself again, and it's just going to be a revolving door. In the short term, it's not bad for Dak because he's going to get a lot of money being injured all year. 
Now he's going to have to re- rehab his ass off. He's going to have to come back next season and prove that he can still play at the level he was. I do think he's going to be in Dallas for at least another year, and then we'll see what happens after that. I think he has He the, has the backs of everyone in that locker room, too. Mm-hmm. If Jerry Jones were to decide to not pay him and go a different direction, that locker room would lose their shit. They'd be upset about it, but the thing about the NFL is nobody's going to not play. So even if he does, even if he does do that, and I think yeah, I agree with you, that'd be the wrong move to do because this guy has done nothing but produce for you since he's been in the league. He's a he's a steal. He is uh, one of the guys, you know, especially at the quarterback position that I can remember in a while. That's a draft steal because he got him in the third round. Uh, he fell to you that far because he played at a, a bad school in the SEC. And he came in and he proved that he can win in the NFL. And uh, I think one... If it weren't for a bad defense, the Cowboys would have a much better record. Because the Cowboys were putting out points. He's he's, he's led them. He's won that division before. I think he is the best quarterback in the AFC, in the NFC East. Not hard to say right now, but I do think that he's been the best quarterback in that division for a while. I would argue he's the best quarterback in the division hurt. Uh, Yeah, probably. Because I think he's better than Carson Wentz. And, 100%. And I do think that he's better than anything Washington or um, Washington or New York has. I think he's better. He's definitely better Daniel than Daniel Jones is raw, too, so he has, he has to get some ears under him. And maybe he'll be good. Who knows? But he's 100% the best quarterback in that division. I mean, it's not saying much because it's the worst division in football by a long shot. And to think, the Cowboys still could make the playoffs because the Eagles still suck. They, I think they're tied for first in the division again. Or they're a half the, game back. Half I mean, game cause, back. Because the Eagles... Because the Eagles tied the Bengals. Eagles, yeah. So it's... I want to stay in that division shot. because they, they had a good story at quarterback. Alex Smith, for the first time in over 600 days, took an NFL incredible, snap incredible. and completed a pass in an NFL game. Nobody was excited. I mean, people were glad that he was able to come back. Nobody was excited while he was on the field watching him because they were just worried about him getting hurt or rolled up on because that's very, especially this season with his snake bitten as everybody's been injury-wise. It could have been bad, but he did, you know, didn't look good. The, the Redskins, or the football team, sorry. The football team is probably, other than the, their win that they got in week one, and I can't remember who they beat. But other than that win, I don't think that I think they have a very strong possibility of going one and fifteen. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sold on everything the Redskins are doing. Football team, god damn, yeah. get a fucking team. Formerly name. known as the Redskins, get there. a team name. But I mean, it, it was like it was like a mother watching her son play football for the first time and and having her him play against a dude that's twice his size on the D line. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's one of those things where like I it. I love watching him do that. It was it brought tears to my eye. All the the tributes and everything he was getting, he deserves so much more credit. But it's it's, it's tough, man. It's he took hits from Aaron I'll give you that. He was sacked four times, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Something stupid like that. Uh, but six you times. you can't throw him out there. That offensive line sucks. Yeah, it's so bad. Like at some point, like you you don't want to make him throw him out there. Like if he had a better O line, I'd say yes, give him some more play time. But like. I don't want to see him get hurt. No one does. No. The man made a comeback. Maybe, hopefully, he gets a win somewhere down the, down the line and leads his team to a win. But that offensive line needs to do better because they have a hit my, man's life in their hands at this point. Pretty much, yeah. And oh, I agree gosh. with you. I don't want to see him back there. I feel the same way about him that I felt about Ryan Shazier. And that's, that's a touchy subject, subject for me because, obviously, when he was healthy and playing against the Bengals, uh, for the Steelers, he was a complete asshole and a dirty player. He had a few dirty hits himself. Um, 
but you never want to see a guy lose the ability to walk. He was a good enough story just by doing that. I n- never wanted to see him play again. Alex Smith, now that he proved he can come back from almost dying. He, he almost lost his leg. He almost died. He's able to come back. He's able the to prove The best story in the can, NFL. He's able to prove that he can do it again, but I don't want to see him do it anymore. I think, last, I think that last weekend, if I never see him play football again, it might be... It might be too much at that point. It's just, it, they don't have a run game either. The offense is not is going nowhere. Like they're going to one hundred percent draft a quarterback in the first round next mm-hmm. year, whether it be Lawrence or whatever. But like it's one of those situations, especially Haskins, bro. Like I feel bad for. I Haskins, feel terrible for but him. But also, if if what the, I'm reading about how he handled uh, the situation on Sunday, the, the day that he got benched. Um, I don't disagree with Ron Rivera moving him down to third string, but it is tough because I wanted to see him do good. I played with the guy, and he's a he's a nice enough guy. Um, but if you're losing by three touchdowns and the fact that you threw one touchdown in the game and that's what you're hanging your hat on, you're not cut out to be a winner in this league. Yeah, may, maybe he gets an opportunity somewhere like maybe Pittsburgh. Like maybe he goes to back up back up Big Ben for a year. And he could be the starter there. Like I think the only place Haskins has to look right now is at a place where there's a veteran quarterback or where there's a guy like Drew Brees maybe even. If New Orleans wants to get rid of Taysom Hill, maybe he goes there and he, he, he goes behind him. Like It's one of those things where Haskins is not going to, in the offseason, he's not going to be find a home where he's going to be on max starter. He's going to have to wait another year under a veteran who maybe will be retiring in a few years. Then he'll get a shot. Maybe Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Who knows? But, like, it's it's, it's not on him because he hasn't had – It's another Josh Rosen case. No, yeah. And he's supposed to be learning. He was never supposed to be playing in his first couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be sitting behind Alex Smith. He's supposed to be on the same track that Patrick Mahomes was. So you sit mm-hmm. behind Alex Smith, who's a guy who's done it for a long time, and that was dis- di- interrupted by the, the terrible injury, and he hasn't exactly. had any. He was thrust into a, a spot he wasn't ready for. He was never. You could tell when he was playing in college, he wasn't ready to be a starter the first day that he walked into the NFL. Some guys have that. He's got to learn how to be a professional athlete, um, and that him bragging about throwing a touchdown when you're getting boat raced by three touchdowns is something that he, that's not going to fly in an NFL locker room. Yeah, he has a long way to go. And now the, the, the other biggest story out of this weekend, especially Sunday, was the Broncos game, mm-hmm. Broncos-Patriots game, getting postponed because... Moved back to Monday and then postponed. Postponed, yeah. It, it was ri- ridiculous. They came out Sunday and said that a Patriots player tested positive again, not taking care of business, not be, doing things a smart way. Out of character for that whole franchise. Out of character. I'm sure Belichick went into it, went into him. But now the Broncos lose necessarily their, their whole bye week because they practice hard all week. And now you have to go into Foxborough where guaranteed Cam will be playing. And that's it's not going to end well probably yet. I hate saying that. Maybe Locke will come back. I think Drew Locke probably will be back next week. So maybe that's a positive. But no, it's ridiculous some of these teams can't to yeah. handle their situations. Like we were saying, the NBA did such a great job. No positive test whatsoever. I mean, like, I mean, even though they're in a bubble, they still take care of the business. The NFL shouldn't, right? especially now, they shouldn't be looking at the NBA and the NHL as role models, but they should be looking at baseball because baseball was able to do it. They had one team or a couple teams with outbreaks early on. They got them fixed, and they, they were able to still finish out their season. They're having uh, a pretty decent run with their postseason now. But the Titans can't figure their shit out, and the Patriots now... Having that extra, since it's the Patriots, you kind of wonder if it was on purpose so that they get an extra week. Um, knowing what a week of practice does to your body as a former football player, 
I agree with you that it puts the Broncos back, but they could have used some extra practice. I'm not gonna lie to you. They could have also used another week to get healthy. Well, they do. They still have that. Drew Locke still has a week that he can prepare and possibly make a, a surprise comeback. But this is also another week to prepare for a decent Patriots team. Um, there are some silver lining. It's not all bad because the Broncos needed the extra practice. They needed they needed training camp and they needed the preseason for the team that they they were gonna have. And now they have the extra week of practice. They have a little bit more. Cushionberry has another week as a professional athlete. Um, I don't think that this is going to be all bad. I do have the if we when we go to our pick, I do have the Broncos upsetting the Patriots and Fox. Oh, you went back on your pick from last week. <laughs> yes, I did because okay. it just something about it. I don't know. When I was filling it out this morning, I was like, I, I kind of see that happening. So I do think that there's going to be some good things. For the Broncos, if we want to... The, the one thing, like, yes, it may, may be beneficial right now, but when we get to week 13, week 14, and we have another fucking injury to the team, it's not going to be beneficial because no. you would have wished there was a bye week in week week 11 like we had. I think um, we see this differently because you see the Broncos as a team who can still compete for a playoff spot, and I'm resigning them to still rebuilding, not going to make the playoffs. So I think that's where we have we see things differently. At this point, we're, we don't have a bye week, and, and I just want us to be competitive. I don't want us to tank. I need, Drew Locke is the answer. We should not be tanking for our quarterback. So we just need to now develop our young guys, get Judy into the wide receiver form that he has a possibility to have, get Fant back healthy, yeah. and develop the young guys. Back at some point? Sutton will probably be back down for the year. Okay. Vaughn might be back in December. He's saying he might be back in December. Who knows? But that's that's another possibility. Who kn- like? I mean, locally, that, locally people are scared to death that Vaughn isn't going to be here anymore. If you saw that interview on 104.3 The Fan, which is the ESPN station out here in Denver, uh, they had a pretty, pretty dicey interview last Wednesday during the day, and Vaughn was pretty upset by the questioning that the radio host had. It was a fair question because Vaughn is the uh, one that when the salary cap goes down next year, Vaughn is going to be the biggest portion of the salary cap. So it would be beneficial for him to either renegotiate his contract or face the possibility of maybe not ending his career in orange and blue. But I don't think it was an unfair question, but Vaughn did get very upset. It wasn't an unfair question. The, the interviewer asked the question saying, do you think – um, you should be taking a pay cut going into next year to so the young guys can get their money. And he just completely shut it down. Uh, it's it's a tough situation because I think Vaughn is one of the best defenders the Broncos have had in their history. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer, and I don't think he should be in another uniform. Yes, we're, that's probably going to take away money from – the younger guys right now, but you still have rookie deals. And if you're able to negotiate two or three more years, who knows how long Vaughn is going to play? Because I think Vaughn could be in a situation where he might retire soon. Like he's had a couple bad. Injuries. He's had some bad injuries, so he might be at the end of his career. But like he needs, you need to pay him. He does not. He should never wear another jersey outside of orange and navy blue. No, if this would and be, I'm not saying Bears colors. I'm saying Broncos colors. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the Bears when we get to the, the upcoming when we do our NFL pick them. Um, I agree with you. It was unprofessional of Vaughn the way he handled it because he did hang up on the radio host without saying anything. So they, um, he didn't handle it very well on his part. But it was also it, I I see where he's coming from as a former athlete. I don't I wouldn't want to be asked that question when I'm trying to focus on getting back in a position to possibly play the season. I don't want to have to talk about maybe not playing for the same team or maybe renegotiating my money at this point. Yeah, that's a conversation for the offseason. You're in the middle of the season. Your team just has 
fucking mountain load of injuries. Like, yeah. Vaughn Miller just had five more players this week or the past few weeks join him on the IR. Like, it's one of those situations where Vaughn is obviously, obviously upset because he wants to be out there. He knows he could be a difference maker on the defense. And But this Broncos team could have easily, like, been in the playoff position and, like, been a lock for that if the team was fully healthy. But now without Vaughn, that defense hurts a lot more. And it's one of those situations where he knows that he is a, still a huge playmaker on the defense, and he deserves all the money he, he should be getting. It's 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 a tough situation. I just hope Elway doesn't fumble it back. Yeah, that's a big if at this point. Uh, we'll we'll talk about more general managers in the Denver sports because we're going to transition. Uh, we're at just about an hour, so we only got we got a little bit of time. We might have to pick this up. Um, but I did want to mention or shout out Stokely and Zach because that was the radio show um, that was interviewing Vaughn. Uh, I agree with the question, but like we said, it was probably not the right time. Now let's talk about some good news because some good news came out today. Great. The Avalanche absolutely fantastic have news. a wolf in their general manager's office. Joe Sackick looks for free agent deals like he used to look for assists. And he absolutely hit it out of the park today. Jimmy, you're, you've come a long way. Two I mean, weeks, three weeks ago, yes. you're like, Joe Sackick's a fucking idiot. We're, and look where we are now. Look, I just said, trust the process. Look, look what where he did we today, are. What, what I was clamoring, what I was standing on the table during that whole playoff run, you don't control the blue line. And, and I think, you know, people were upset seeing Nikita, Nikita Zadorov leave and didn't, didn't want to see Big Z leave. But the move that he was able to do, you got... I don't know if uh, Devin, it's Devin Taves, right? Yep. Devin, I don't know if he's cheaper than Zadorov, but he's a two-way defenseman. He's going to control the blue line with Johnson, and now you have Eric Johnson, uh, Devin Taves, Burakovsky, and you you have bolstered your defense from probably mediocre to now you you have the best forwards in the game, and now you have one of the better blue lines. Oh, well, Burakovsky is a winger. But that defense includes Ian Cole, Eric Johnson, Sammy Girard, Ryan Graves, who we just re-signed today as well, Devin Taze, and the fucking kid wonder, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. And one person still waiting in the wings, Fallen Byram. That yeah. person, he could easily still make the roster. I feel so much better about these guys in front of uh, whoever, whoever ends yeah. up being goaltender for the There's Avalanche. three defensive lines that can stop anybody. Yeah. And the, and I'd lo- I would have loved to sign Taylor Hall. We were harping on it, everything. He Dumbass pick fucking Buffalo for some weird reason. Yeah, I don't know why he know did, what that was. I don't know why he decided to do that. Especially yeah. a one year deal where he didn't get paid, which was ridiculous. But and he's going from Arizona to Buffalo. So he's going from the hottest place to play hockey should've, to the coldest. Should have at least stayed. But not in the coldest because there's teams up in Winnipeg, but you know, I would have stayed in Arizona if I was Taylor Hall. Either way, ridiculous move. Maybe maybe Buffalo will be good now. Who knows? Eichel could take off, but I think it's so ridiculous. But he made Sackick made the deal to take, bring in Saad, bring in another winger that solidifies the top six. Yeah. You now have, I mean, this is all to be determined because it'll, I mean, Bednar will play around with it. But it's, you have Rantanen, McKinnon, and probably Saad or Landeskog, and then that third line you have Burkowski, Kadri, and Landeskog or Saad, and that, that's a very good top six. Very, very good top it, six. When we talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning, we made, and that was my pick for play of the week that week when they won the cup, was the third line goal with Sam, or some Coleman. Coleman, I'm not going to say his first name because I forgot his first name, but Coleman, that was a third line goal. And if you can score on the third line, which now I think the Avalanche can. Yeah, because now the, the third line is a lot better. Same, it's a very similar move to what the Lightning did last year when they got beaten the first round by Columbus. They knew they were talented up front, but they knew 
They needed guys like Victor Hedman, who was on the team, but they brought in more defensive presence, and they brought in guys that were going to be physical. And now we have, you know, our, our interview, we talked about guys that were physical and the enforcers. Now they have that more of that presence. They're not relying on their speed. They're not relying on their finesse. They can bully people. That third line is even better now. That mm-hmm. those th- We have the third line of JT Confer, Valerie Nechuskin, who, who we just re-signed, and Jonas Donskoy, who was hurt all playoff Tyson long. Tyson in negotiations. In negotiations. That could be maybe for a goalie or for another defensive. Who knows? That's another possibility. Like, the, there's so many things. Sacking has done so well. Like, he... Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to say he's the second-best GM because Conley has done an incredible mm-hmm. job with the Nuggets. But he's right there, man. Saki knows this is the avalanche time to be win, win the cup. And this, he's, not, he's yeah. not taking it for granted. And he's doing exactly what the avalanche did when he was winning Stanley Cups for the franchisers. Mm-hmm. They had great defensemen. You had Adam Foote. You had Raymond Bork. You had these guys that were just physical. And then you had the physical play in the forwards, too, with Forsberg. I think Forsberg plays a lot of the same way that McKinnon does. I think McKinnon might be a little bit more skilled offensively. He definitely is more skilled. Lacking, I love Forsberg. He's, but he's, a lot he's more lacking skilled. in the defensive presence Forsberg had, but you you have you're seeing similarities from the best teams that this franchise has had. So it was a great move by Joe Sakic. I'll take back what I said. Maybe it was more. Maybe I was just upset that you guys lost the series the way that you did. Uh, but I think now that move solidifies the Avalanche as a Western Conference final or bust. Now it's if they lose in the second round of the playoffs again, now we can start firing people. They, they the, all, the only them. only reason behind behind the Avalanche not making the Western Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup next year will either be a injuries or b coaching, which I still think is not a problem, but it will be if we don't go to the Western Conference Finals, guaranteed. It'll be injuries coming back to bite us in the ass again or be coaching. This is a similar situation where the Broncos are now, where when you had Fangio in his first year, you didn't necessarily have the talent to know if it was the talent or the coaching that was bringing the team down. And now you have the talent on the offensive or on the Colorado Avalanche. And we're going to see if Bednar is a good coach or if I am proven right. And I think that he just doesn't have the stuff to take a team or, like the Colorado. Or I am proven right and McKinnon is the best player in hockey. Uh, sticking with some Colorado news before we get into our NFL pick we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. Colorado high school football has returned. I went to the Cherry Creek, yeah, Cherry Creek Smoky Hill game Friday night. I know you have good memories playing in Stutler Bowl against Smoky Hill, Fort Creek, and uh, the number one team in the in the state. They're primed to repeat. They won the state championship last year, and they did end up getting a win over Smoky Hill. So we'll be. I'm obviously going to be going to a lot of those games, and uh, hopefully it picks up a little bit of traction because I love high school football. Still, it's one of my favorite times that I can remember playing sports. In general, and now I still get to live through with my my youngest brother, um, last generation of Pilato going through Creek. Yeah, it's, it's it's high school football is always a fun time, especially fall football everywhere. You can't beat it. Um, the one other thing before we get into FL Pickham, I needed to talk about is that UFC card on Saturday. This this is by by far the best card in 2020. The, if you did not watch, if you're watching college football, I don't I don't. I don't slack you I don't on Saturday. You. I don't blame you, but this this card from top to bottom had some of the best finishes mm-hmm. in UFC history, and that's, it was a fight night card. It was for free. Don't give him a give away my play play of the week, but we can talk about Corey Sandhagen coming back after being beaten in the first round by Aljamain Sterling when he was in title contention, and Marlon Moraes is no joke at the 135 pound division, and Corey Sandhagen highlight TK or highlight KO. Spinning heel kick, uh, probably the best one since 
Edson Barboza put Terry mm-hmm. Evans stiff, mm-hmm. but this was that was a huge, and that was the main event. But there was finishes like that and competitive throughout fights all the throughout card, the card. All throughout the card. We'll get to the biggest KO in UFC history later mm-hmm. with Jimmy's Player of the Week. But like every single fight was good. And I Sandhagen mean, won me a lot of money because I bet heavily on him. I, that was that was a smart decision by you. By the way, my, my Player of the Week and the probably, I'd say, top five UFC knockouts I've ever seen was an I, undercard fight. I, I, I was an undercard fight. Are you kidding me? I think it's top three, honestly. I, I, it's, I, it's I do too. I'm it's putting pushing. it up there. I mean, Uriah Hall's, Uriah Hall's knockout in the Ultimate Fighter when he had the spin yeah. back kick and broke the guy's jaw. I, I love that one. Connor's KO. Connor's KO. All those. That's, I think I that's, that's number one for me, honestly. It, historical context and yeah. the fact that it was the first time Aldo lost in 10 years, I'll give you that. But, um, you know, there's been some... Uh, Shane Carwin's first one where he knocked the mm-hmm. dude's mouthpiece out of the octagon was huge. And then obviously the Frank Muir knockout, that's... That holds a special place in my heart. Have you seen, just, just a quick tangent, I know we're, I said we're running up, running up on, on time, but have you seen Shane Hartman on social media recently? He's good. He, Ooh, he's, he's not going to fight again. But he's no, he does, he's not going to fight again because I, he can't get a TRT exemption anymore. No shade to Shane. He is pushing 40. I, I think he's pushing mid-40s. Yeah. But he looks way bigger and way more muscular than he ever did when he was fighting. Yeah. He is absolutely... He was scary when I met him in person the first time. He's even scary. He's Brock Lesnar uh, fucking physique at this point. He's, yeah, he's Brock Lesnar but looks a little bit more caveman-ish with the, with the goatee and the bald head. It's... Yeah. it's he, and he also has bigger hands. He, yeah, that's true. He, they did have to take Lesnar's gloves and add on to mm-hmm. the gloves to make him fit, fit, fit Carwin, but... Uh, now let's get jump in NFL pick them. We gotta fire these through because we are running a little bit short on time. But we'll 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 start with uh, Thursday night game. Oh, I guess we can we can say the Tuesday night game because the night before, or game we're recording this, we, the Titans are playing the Bills. Oh yeah, we can we can preview. We can preview that. I mean, you're going to be the time you're listening to this game will be ended hopefully because no more positive tests. But hopefully, I mean, I, I had the um, Titans or. I had a Bills. You had the Titans. And our pick them. I'm going to stick with my pick with the Bills. What are you thinking there? Um, I'm thinking I, – I didn't put it put this on the pick them, but uh, Josh Allen has surprised me, and Josh Allen looks really, really good. Way better than I thought he was going to coming into the season, and Stephon Diggs fits that offense well. What they did, a lot, a lot of teams look for at least one big receiver, but the Bills kind of put all slots on the same field, knowing that they have a quarterback who can throw 85 yards in the air. And they just let those guys run. So Stephon Diggs has really surprised me. I think he's going to um, – I think the Bills' offense is going to tear up that Titans' defense, especially since they've had basically two weeks off at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. not being able to go to the facility for parts of that and getting the facility shut down twice. So I don't have faith that the Titans are going to be able to come out of that with a win, and the Bills are on a hot streak. Sure. And the, the Bills are favored by three and a half going to Tennessee, so I'm picking the Bills. That's too. pretty good. Okay, so now there is no Thursday night game. It seems like just I mean because we there have none. so yeah. we have Tuesday football. So let's start our first game. We have Houston Texans coming off a big win uh, the week before. Now they are one and four, um, playing playing Tennessee on a short week. Who do you have in that? I think this is upset waiting to happen. I do, I do too, um, and it shouldn't be. This much of an upset because the Texans shouldn't have been 0-4. Yep. Thank Bill Bryan and his chin dimple for that because he traded away your best offensive weapon for a mediocre third running option. Back, yep. Yeah, at running back. So Deshaun Watson is incredible, and I think he's good enough to beat the Titans after they, they're they playing Tuesday and then they're coming back and playing Thursday, which is tough. 
So I think the Texans are going to upset the Titans. I'm going Texans as well. Like we said, I think Deshaun um, Watson has the has the heart and the will that they're going to, they're going to get right back on track in Tennessee with a short week already. That's going to be tough. Actually, uh, I'm going to knock on wood so that this doesn't happen. But if they do, I, I did in the pick that I sent you, I put COVID to postpone the game. So I think COVID wins oh, that game God. again. But oh, uh, I'm not hoping for that. I just I'm not hoping for that. I'm never going to say that. Not not or not wish any harm. So next game we have we have Jimmy's uh, Cincinnati Bengals going into Indianapolis and playing the Colts. Um, who do you have there? I I, I think you're probably going to pick your pick your team here. But oh, my dumbass picked your team. I team my dumbass picked your team last week. I told you that was a mistake when you did. You're right. Because I knew that the Ravens were that much better than the Bengals, and the Bengals looked good against the Jaguars because the Jaguars don't have a pass rush. The Bengals' offensive line, if you want to talk about worst offensive lines in the league, the Bengals are right up there with the, with the football team. Mm-hmm. And he, Joe Burrow was hit 14 times and sacked seven. Yeah. That's not going to be good. And he looked the headline on ESPN says, oh, Ravens made Joe Burrow look like a rookie. Joe Burrow was getting hit before he had time to see one read. That was not on Joe Burrow. I do think that the Colts are going to win because they seem to be more put together with Phil Rivers. Uh, they did just get beat by the Browns, which yeah, my my dumbass is going with your team for a second week. I uh, I'm picking the Colts to beat I, the Bengals. I'm, I'm picking Bengals against Colts. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a career game. I think he is going to just light up the scoreboard just for once because the Colts secondary isn't as good as what it used to be. So their I defense think lacks. Yeah, it, their their main focus is up front, and I mean if the Bengals could get somewhat of it. Pass, I would, I would put money on them to cover because they're, right now they're a plus seven and a half. And I think that it's they're going to lose by closer than that. So I would put them on the money line, but I don't think I'd pick them outright to win the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Phil Rivers, there's an argument as to whether or not he's going to be – I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I do think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame with some of the stuff he's done in his, in his career. Um, he still throws the ball to the other team way too much. He also still has the worst delivery – I think his, his delivery is worse than Tebow's was when he was playing, so it's tough to, <laughs> to get behind him. But I would, I would give you the Bengals probably cover the money to cover the spread. Yeah, I like to have a little fun. Why not pick the Bengals? Next game we have the Dan Quinn less Atlanta Falcons going into Minnesota. This is a game where Atlanta needs a win big time. Minnesota coming off a good game where they tested Seattle. Who do you have in that? I think the Vikings are going to respond, and I don't think that the same thing is going to happen with the Falcons that happened with the Texans. Because the Falcons fired Dan Quinn and their general manager, who I can't, his name I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy with the Texans when it was the same guy, but they did fire both the coach and the general manager. I think they're going to be reeling, um, and I don't think that they, they're not in the same situation that the Texans were in where they were 0-4 because they got schedule fucked. They're 0-5, or 0, they're 0 5 because they just for whatever reason, they find ways to lose games. They find ways to blow leads. I think this is going to be – I don't think they're going to blow the lead, but I do think the Vikings are going to beat them, and probably by 10 points. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings too. I think maybe Matt Ryan will have a big day or whatever, and Julio Jones will come back from injury. Shout out Julio Jones for fucking me over again in fantasy football this week. Being no injured, touchdowns. No touchdowns. Being, being injured and not playing and giving me zero points. Your receivers suck. Oh, my God, my receivers suck. We'll get to that in a moment. But now, the next game we have, we have Denver, New England. We touched on it before. Did you change your vote? I'm still going with the Broncos. I'm picking the Donkeys to upset the Pets. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that action. The, the, the Patriots will have the same 
the thing that the Broncos have going for them is that during this whole process, they haven't had to shut their facility down because mm-hmm. it's the Patriots who have been testing positive. So the Patriots, minus practice time that they've missed, and I don't know if Cam Newton's going to play. I don't know if Stephon Gilmore's going to play. If those two don't play, it's easy for me to see the Broncos upsetting them, even if they do with the crazy week, crazy couple of weeks the Patriots have had. I think that the Broncos can still pull. Yeah, I think the Patriots maybe have had too many distractions, which is unheard of for a Bill Belichick-led team. So I think Broncos will take that over. Maybe Drew Locke is, is, is able to have a career day, and he's able and hopefully to prove he comes back. Hope he comes back. Um, I would love to see it. The next game we have, we have the Washington football team against the New York football giants. Uh, the loser this this is one of the, the fans. Yeah, this the is one of the worst games in the schedule. The Whoever, I, honestly, Don't watch this game. This could be a 0-0 tie. The, the Giants did score more than, or score more than a touchdown last week because they scored 20 points. So, hey, good on you. Yeah, they played, they played a decent game against Cowboys, who also suck. But my, my cousin Dalton has been getting me with all the LeBron takes, but I can always get you because I think your team, the Giants, are worse than the Bengals, and they're in a worse situation overall. That coach, Joe Judge, he's making his coaches run laps, not helping his team out at all. But uh, I think that the, I think, I think the Giants break through and get a win because it's at home. And I did say that I think the football team is going to end up going one and fifteen. So I'll stick with that. I, I'm picking the Giants over the. I'm team. I'm going to go with with the, with the Washington football team just because I want to see Alex Smith get a win. He's definitely he's going to be starting next week, and I want to see him get a win. Now he's back, probably going to get obliterated. I mean. Giants don't have as good of a pass rush as the Rams did, so that's a little bit of a saving grace. So, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm picking Alex Smith to win a game. So I'm going out Washington football team. It's weird saying that, but uh, I'm picking them. Let's go football team. Yeah. Ne- next game we have we have Baltimore going into Philadelphia. This is seems like a train wreck right now. But yeah, this is uh, maybe we see Jalen Hurts this game because I think that the Ravens defense is going to make Carson Wentz look bad. Very very and bad. Philly is not. Not shy about telling you you suck when you suck, and I do. I think Philadelphia drafted Jalen Hurts in preparation for possibly not picking up, or they, I mean, they extended Wentz, but with the thought that Hurts was going to be the starting quarterback at some point in the near future. Because Jalen Hurts, you know, he probably has to be in the right situation, but uh, I think he's a winner. I mean, he's proven that he's a he's winner, a winner. Jalen and I think that winner. he can give you some. I think he can give you some explosiveness. But I do think that the Ravens are going to de- destroy the Eagles and then we get set up for Jalen Hurts at some point down the line. I, I think the Eagles do have more of a shot in this game than people are giving them credit for just because Jalen Hurts is going to be the scout team quarterback mm-hmm. for, for, I mean, for that defense. The defense is going to practice against Jalen Hurts all week in preparedness for Lamar Jackson, although Jalen Hurts isn't Lamar. He's not as fast. He's not as fast, but you can now prepare a little bit better having a backup quarterback who will run the scout team. So maybe that gives that defense a little bit of an edge. I mean, seeing what the Ravens did last week, they dominated the Bengals, and I don't. I feel bad picking against them. They're going. I'm picking the Ravens again. Yeah, and then we get more NFC or AFC North matchup next: Browns and Steelers. This is the first time that I actually feel confident in this game being close. I think this Browns, they've stuck to what works. They haven't done the Freddie Kitchens and know that you can run the ball for 300 yards a game and then just not do it. I think. Uh, they're going to surprise some people, and I'm going to pick the Browns as an upset, and they're going to win in Pittsburgh. I I hope that it happens because I really hate the, the Steelers more than I hate the Browns, and uh, I think that they're finally going to announce themselves that they are fully back. This is a huge game for them because this is either we can contend for playoff spots again or this is going to be, yeah, we just played two pretty bad teams the last two weeks and got some pretty easy wins. This this is one of those games I think it will be one of the best games of the weekend for sure. Um 
Cleveland. I want to pick Cleveland because I think Baker played really well, and, and Miles Garrett is playing as as the best he's ever played, like in his career. Like he he is going to be right in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think I'm just going to go with the Steelers just because they're the home team here. Um, I think maybe they have a few fans in the stands. I don't know what the uh, what the sure. restriction is there. So I'm just going to go with Pittsburgh just because they're the home team. I think it's a toss up. I would not bet on this game. Um, I think it's it it could go either way very easily. No, I'm hoping that the Browns prove prove me right. I'm hoping that they stick with what 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 the, has been winning them games. And then now we have the the Nick Foles led Chicago Bears against the Carolina Panthers, who are having a little bit of a win streak going. Matt Rule is a pretty good coach, actually, because the Panthers are doing. They have two two wins in the last two weeks, and they're doing it without Christian McCaffrey, who's their best player uh, on that roster. Their defense isn't as good as it has been in the past, so. I'm picking the Panthers because I don't think that they're going to get lucky enough that the quarterback the Bears are playing forgets what down it is two weeks in a row. Uh, I think the Carolina's favored by two and a half, and I think it's going to be a very close, low-scoring game as well. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. Mitchell Trubisky will be playing this game. I think Nick Foles absolutely just shits the bed, and I think that the Panthers just come out the gate firing, and Nick Foles falls apart, and they just throw Trubisky in there for for bones just to see if a he's Trubisky prediction. Wow. But but Panthers are gonna win either way. So that's there's my Trubisky pick on that. I don't oh, I don't think it'll happen. We, we got another game. There's there's another team that will that will be drafting a quarterback next year. We got another game after that as a the fans lose this one. The Lions go into Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I don't even want to. Don't even really want to mention this game. Our friends at the Unhinged Network that live in Jacksonville can cover that game better, but let's not waste Sorry, our Jim. time with that. Sorry, that's Jim. that's a tough one. I'm gonna pick the Lions for the hell of it. I'm picking the Lions because I hope I hope Stafford wins, and I, the Jaguars just they're not good. They're not good. Neither team is good. No. Neither team is good at all. None of them are good. They oh. should go. This is whoever loses this game probably is the next team to fire their coach. Maybe the Giants beat beat them to it, but Doug Marone. And Matt Patricia have both had enough seasons as the head coach. They're both at the point now where if they don't start winning, they're both going to be And out. speaking of firing coaches, we have the New York Football Jets and we against the Miami Dolphins. How real, you doing, Dom? Another real barn burner here. Well, Fitzpatrick has made this one a little bit more interesting. Last I really want to see Tua. God damn. I wanted to see Tua, too. And we'll talk more about Fitzpatrick and his, his performance over the last week when we get to the segments at the end of the show, but I do think that the Dolphins, I, I like what Brian, I thought Brian Flores was the best hire the year that he got picked up by the Dolphins, and I think he might be the first Belichick disciple that we see kind of break the mold, break it through the glass ceiling, and be successful somewhere else as a head coach. Yeah, I'm picking the Dolphins as well. There's no chance that, especially if Darnold isn't playing, no, the Jets have no shot at this game at all. I, the all Jets honestly might be 0-16 at the end of the year. I think I, I'm sorry, I Dom. I didn't didn't expect them to go that far. Who, who are they going to beat? If, if they can't win this week, they're not going to beat anybody. Let's, if, let's do they see. have Jacksonville on their schedule? <laughs> do they have Detroit on their schedule? Because I don't think they oh, win again. No, but, they they go uh, Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs, loss, Patriots, loss, Chargers, loss, Dolphins, loss, Raiders, Seahawks, loss, loss, Rams, Browns, Patriots. They might be able to beat the Dolphins the second time. I don't know. That's the only one I see. There's a one in fifteen season for you. Yeah, it might, it might possibly be a one in fifteen season. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Donald, you're drafting a quarterback in the top five again. Congrats. Okay. No, I hope not. Donald's good. Donald's yeah, good. It, just the team sucks. Team sucks. Well, like I said, that's going to be 
The fans lose that game. There's a lot the of fans lose this whole weekend. Game. Just watch fucking highlights of the NBA Finals. <laughs> Just watch the last dance. Again. Just turn on the last dance. Don't even play, pay attention. The, to the, the next football. game we have though, this is going to be a much much better game. We have the Green Bay Packers going into Tampa Bay and playing the Buccaneers. This is going to be a fantastic game. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, baby. I'm going to disrespect the goat here, and I'm going to say the Packers destroy the Buccaneers because the offense last week did not look good. Without, uh, I think they lost OJ Howard at the yep. tight end position. Mm-hmm. Gronk still isn't Gronk yet. He's still getting his playing legs back from underneath him. And Tom, Tom's going. Tom's losing his mind. Tom thought like you got five downs when you're in a two-minute drill. He forgot that you only get to play with four. Uh, reverse of the fifth down. See, you football fans should remember the fifth down because that's what won them a national championship back in the '90s. But last week was bad. And Tom Brady, that offense still isn't there. The defense is good enough to maybe keep this game close. But Aaron Rodgers is pissed. We pissed off Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. He was done. Don't say we. The the general manager of the Packers. The general manager him also. They probably did this on purpose because they knew he was a spiteful son of a bitch. And if they drafted a quarterback in the first round, oh, you're gonna draft my fucking replacement. Oh, watch me do. Watch me go throw for five hundred fifty. Have my career. And, and fifty eight touchdowns, and then I'm gonna walk because you guys did that. Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. I'm not going against him. Yeah, I, I think it would be a lot closer game. I think Tampa Bay might. Their defense is very good. But like I say, Rogers is is a man, man. He's, he's a bad he's man. He's a bad man. He's a bad, I bad think, man. I think you know because it's early in Mahomes' career and he's struggled the last couple weeks. I think talent wise, not greatest quarterback of all time, but talent wise, most talented quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the man. He's, bro. He can run. He can throw off of one foot. He can throw it as far as anybody as you would want a quarterback to. There's no reason that he needs to have any more arm strength. He, he's, he's this is one of the. I think this is one of the first times Rodgers and Brady have gone up against one another. So that's that's a fun little added bonus to that. I don't understand how that's not the fucking Sunday night game because the Sunday night game isn't that fantastic either. Well, I mean, I think the Sunday night game was expected to be a lot better, but the 49ers are falling apart at the seams a little bit. Super Bowl hangover is real. We saw it with the Rams, and that's who they they're playing um, after last week. Garoppolo got benched. CJ Beathard came back in. Very by that. They're just they, their defense isn't as good without Nick Bosa, and you know they, I don't see the they're injury prone too. Yeah, and I think CJ Beathard was able to. Uh, they they weren't able to overcome the Dolphins. They got pounded by the Dolphins, yep. and now they're going to have to play. Lost me my parlay. Thank you very much. They're going to have They're going to have to beat Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and um, they have another really good. Uh, I think Marcus Peters yep, Marcus is Peters. also on the Rams. So they 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 have a really good defense that they're going up against, and they weren't playing a good defense last week. This is no brainer. The Rams are going to destroy the 49ers. Yeah, I want I want to pick something different than you, but I can't go against the Rams. Like it's, I think the 49ers, This could be another tanking year where they dropped a quarterback. They Maybe. could they could be really, they could be like Grappa's not the answer. I mean, right now they're two and three. I could see that they're they're. They've trusted the process before. Maybe they 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 pull a Bears in the years past where they draft a or they they trade maybe, a few first round picks yeah. to move up and get a quarterback. Or you trade Garoppolo and see what you can get out of that no. because I think there will be some quarterbacks able to. I think Fields, depending on how he plays when Big Ten starts, could possibly be there in the second round. Um, I, I think Fields would look good. I, I think Fields could be good. I do too, but season. if barring, I think best case scenario for the 49ers is him not play well. 
trade Garoppolo for an extra pick somewhere. Not it's not going to get you a first round pick, but Maybe trade a third in for or something, an extra pick, and then see what you can do. I think they they're going to have to go after a quarterback. Yeah, I, I would love to see Fields in a in a um, in a Kyle Shanahan led offense. I think that that, that, that could be that would be a lot of fun, especially George Kittle and. IU who had that great play, Debo Samuel. There's a lot of fun weapons on that team. It's and just, uh, Mostert, the running backs, they, they got Mostert, some good McKinnon, They have a very talented roster. That's why they're in the Super Bowl, just injury prone again. Yeah, basically they're always their story. It's basically the story of the year yeah. for football. Yeah, football's not been fun this year. Um, so Monday night, now we have two games because weird scheduling. And so we have the Chiefs going in, or playing the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. This is going to be a very good game. Monday night, man. I'm, they should move this one back to the six fifteen slot and make Arizona Dallas the three 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 o'clock slot because this is going to be a great game. That's what happens when you have TV contracts and ESPN gets prime time on Monday night, no matter what. Yeah. It's been how it is since Monday night football started. Uh, I agree that the games it's going to be a better game early on. Three o'clock here in the mountain. What, yeah, mountain three o'clock, zone, which three is o'clock ridiculous. You guys, you guys on the East Coast will at least be out of work. I'm going to have to watch this like half of my work day if I wanted to. I am, I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this game. I picked the Bills winning the Tuesday night game. But Mahomes, after losing to the Raiders and not looking good the last couple of weeks, I think this is – he either got complacent and thought he was – he started reading his press clippings and thought his shit doesn't stink. Or maybe people are figuring out how to beat the, the Chiefs. But I think this will be a comeback game for Pat Mahomes. And it scares me going up against the Bills because I think this will be – I don't see the Bills going 16-0. This is going to be a game that the Bills lose. I think the Bills have only a shot if Josh Allen has a career day. And I, I, I'll, I'll say why not, so I'm picking the Bills. Do you watch uh, the Gridiron Heights series on Bleacher Report yeah. on our YouTube? Uh-huh. Did you see the last one where Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are both – they're doing like the slide and Patrick Mahomes going down feet first and Josh Allen's upside down. It's like, is this how you do this? Yeah. Oh, I'm winning by doing wacky shit. I, I think his wacky shit kind of runs out. And if he – if he is who we think he is this year, if he's going to solidify himself as a possible MVP candidate, he's going to have to have a huge game. Yeah, exactly. So now going to the second Monday night game, we have the Arizona Cardinals versus Dallas Cowboys. It's another probably tough game to watch. I'm going to go with Cardinals just because I don't think that I don't think Andy Dalton's going to leave that Cowboys team to win. Maybe he does, but Kyler Murray's a stud. I think the yeah, I, I, Kyler's another guy who's going to prove me wrong because I. Bashed him when he chose football over baseball. I thought that was a dumb move on his part. He's, he's making me eat my words. The downfall for the Cardinals is Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think, is a good head coach in college football, and he's definitely not a good head coach in the NFL. The Cardinals started off hot, like 2-0, and and were kind of beating teams that they shouldn't have beat. And then they had two weeks where they lost to bad teams. They, they beat the 49ers 24-20 and then beat up on Washington – then lost to the Lions 26-23 and the Panthers 31-21. Uh, ended up coming back, bounced back in against the Jets. That's nice. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting. This will be whether or not Arizona's a fraud. Because if they are as good as they can be, if Kyler Murray is going to be the next thing, they're going to have to win this game. But I think maybe we we see an upset with Dallas because they're rallying, trying to play for their quarterback who went down last season. Picking Andy Dalton. How I'm about picking that? Andy Dalton. You know what? How about that? I didn't want to see him in orange and black anymore, but I still, you know. Looks good in the white or silver does, and navy blue. It brings out his hair way more. 
It does look a lot better. Before we move on to the rest of our segments, uh, we got to touch on most dominant team of the week. Yep. Uh, my my uh, most dominant team of the week is 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 pretty tough pick. So I'll let you go first. My most dominant team is Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Now, that's weird saying that from a Bengals fan. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I I'm a I have a soft spot for Ohio professional football apparently because I used to be before I was a Bengals fan I was a Browns fan because of the dog kind. I thought that was cool, but. They've uh, found a bl- blueprint that works for them. They're the they're the beat you up kind of AFC North football like 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 they played in the '90s. They're gonna run Kareem Hunt, and hopefully Nick Chubb gets back healthy soon. But they're gonna run those two guys 45 times, and you're gonna have to try and tackle them. And then they're gonna run play action off of it. And hey, Baker Mayfield's one of the best quarterbacks when he's moving the pocket. So. I'm picking the uh, the Browns as my most dominant team. Yeah, for me, it was a toss-up. I, I wanted to pick the Ravens just because my dumbass picked the Bengals to win that game. So I'm, I'm, But I'm not going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, they played their the football team and – but that I mean, Jared Goff looked really, really good. I think he was he was finding all his weapons. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I mean, they were firing on all cylinders. And Aaron Donald, he's probably going to be Defensive Player of the Year again. Like it's he he was having an outstanding year, and he's going to continue firing all cylinders. So I'm going to go with the Rams. I think Aaron Donald has been the best player in the NFL for the past few years. He hasn't been number one on the top 100 because the NFL is a quarterback driven league. But if you're just going football player for football player, a guy who actually can affect the game the most from his position, Aaron Donald, hands down, best player in the NFL. Mm. So now let's, let's get into the beats of the week. Um, there's 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 not much going on besides football, so I know we both have a, a couple football games on here, so I'll let you start. I, I You want to start with you touching on how your 10 Oh, shoot, yeah, yeah. If, if you guys aren't listening, haven't listened to the last few podcasts and whatever, I picked correctly the last two Major winners in tennis. I picked Daniel Thyme to win the U.S. Open. Got that right. And I picked Nadal to win the French Open. And I swear to God, if y'all didn't bet on that, because I won a lot of money on Nadal doing that. I won all my money back betting on the on the um, the favorite on the favorite. Like I bet I bet like there's so many things like with tennis, but the only one guarantee is that Nadal is gonna win on clay in the French Open, and that was the easiest fucking win I've ever won. I hope you listen to me because that was. Cakewalk and a half. All right, yeah, the Nico Nico got to gloat there. Get to back to back tennis. Back to back tennis championships. Champions. Gonna yeah. pick the next one, right? And then you're gonna call, start calling me a guru. Yeah, uh, but my first beat of the week for this upcoming week: the Dodgers to win the NLCS in seven games is plus four forty right now because people are expecting them to win it sooner. But you know who the Braves are hot, and uh, I actually we can check up on the score of that game now because it should be over. Uh, and the Braves won five one. Wow! So okay. they are they are for real. They're gonna make this a series. I think uh, the Dodgers will still pull it out, but I do think I mean if it goes seven, you can win some good money. Plus four forty. I picked the Braves to win the World Series about uh, two three weeks ago. Don't you ever forget that. If I win that, man, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on a heater. What's, what's your first beat of the week? My first beat of the week, it's uh, I'm going to go back to UFC just because we had a huge UFC weekend the past weekend. Brian Ortega is facing the Korean zombie. Um, great fight. UFC fans will know that this is going to be an absolute brawl. If you're not a UFC fan, I would highly recommend watching this highlight on YouTube. The fight Because you're probably going to be watching college football on Saturday night, so I'll give you that. But... This is a fight that is can't miss, um, and I have Orte- Brian Ortega winning via submission um, at plus three fifty. So I'm a, I think that's a pretty good bet. Uh, Ortega is the underdog, so I think 
If you um, parlay it with him winning the fight outright, it's plus 152, and mm-hmm. it ends up being plus 472 total. So that could be a very good good win. Yeah, it's good to hedge your bets in UFC, like bet on the winner, but also do some of the round props because that's mm-hmm. where you make most of your money back. My next beat is college football. Vanderbilt is a plus 880 to beat Missouri, which uh, is a huge payoff. It might not happen because Vanderbilt, if you, if you want to talk about Alabama being one of the best teams in college football from the SEC, Vanderbilt might be one of the worst teams in college football from the SEC. They are not good, but plus 880 is a tough odd yeah, to pass up. Tough. And Missouri is not a powerhouse. Like It's not like they're going to beat Alabama or LSU. It's, it's Missouri. Yeah, that's true. What's, very your, what's your second one? Speaking with college football, my next beat of the week, I have um, – Pull it up. I have Kentucky beating Tennessee plus 165. It's a toss up. Ten- Tennessee is, they're both bottom half of the SEC in terms of football wise. Both those schools are still technically basketball schools. Kentucky's so, making a little bit of a run. They had Benny Snell and, and won a, they went 8 and 3 and won a bowl game last year. So I'm picking te- Kentucky to win that game. Um, yeah, that's not a bad one. Kentucky could definitely upset Tennessee. Uh, I can see that happening. My last one is going to be NFL. But uh, so I, I, I'm picking the, I'm going against the pick that I had in the pick. I mean, if you pick the Bears to win, but then put money on Carolina to cover the spread, uh, it parlays as plus two twenty nine, which um, I, I think it could happen. I think if this game, if the Bears do win, it's going to be very close. So I think that the, the Bears are going to win, but it's going to be by less than three. Yeah, it would be definitely a close game if the Bears were to stand that game. There's two bets I was I was kind of wavering on here. So right now the um, Georgia Bulldogs are the underdogs against Alabama. I think that could be a trap game. Maybe Alabama is offense. Oh, there's a hair in my mouth. <laughs> Alabama's offense isn't able to hit on all cylinders. Um, so I think that wouldn't be a bad one. Take the underdog. But I'm going to go against also another one of my picks. Cowboys are plus 105 to win against the Cardinals. I don't know if the Cardinals are a real deal. And um, maybe Dalton is able to do halfway decent with his weapon. So I'm picking Cowboys plus 105. You can count on the red rifle in certain situations. This might be one of those situations. Those are our beats of the week. Be sure to listen because we've hit on some. It's not like we're just telling you these and we're always wrong. We do hit on, on quite a few of them. Especially big ones like I've hit on. You, yeah. you better be listening to me because I'm winning money on my own bets. You better be listening to me and get a, get your beats in too. I'm not putting any money down, but I'm gladly I'm, – I'm here to help other people – I'm a man of the people. I'm a host of the people. You guys might hate my hate my guts because I'm more of the outlandish one of the two of us. But I am for the people. I'm and sometimes person. doesn't fact check your your things. Oh oh, please listen to Friday's episode because if you love hearing Nico bust my ass, you're gonna love what happens on Friday because he finally gets some of it back. I can't do it because most of the time Nico's right in our little arguments, but. He, he definitely got put in his place a couple times on the episode. Well, so now we'll, we'll jump into player of the week. We'll do player of the week last because both of our plays of the week are two They're of the top biggest. Notch. Top notch. So player of the week for me, I have Chase Claypool, the guy that I didn't pick up on the waiver wire stupidly. I mean, if you guys follow along on Twitter, you'll see that I had Michael Thomas in my starting lineup, and halfway through Sunday – he decided that he was going to fight with his teammates and not play on Monday, so I had to pick up a random receiver, and I, I think I barely won. I had to look recheck, but that was a whole other thing. I should have picked up Claypool. The Saints did win the night, 30-27. Well, they did. So either way, Claypool had a big game. He had 10 touches, which is rece- receiving or rushing, and he had 116 yards and four touchdowns. That is one of the best stat lines a receiver has had this year by far. One rushing touchdown, by the way. Three receiving and uh... – 
He, he had a coming out party. The, the, the Steelers can pick stud. Under, underrated receivers because Antonio Brown was a third round pick out of Central Michigan. Juju as well. Yeah, Juju was a second or yeah second round pick out of USC. So they know wide receiver talent, and Juju finally doesn't have to be the only one because Claypool can can make up for some of it. And their running backs are are lighting it up. Having Big Ben back doesn't help. Oh, having Big Ben makes life a lot easier in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. As much as it pains me to say, stay out of the women's bathroom if you're anywhere near Ben Roethlisberger. Just as a fair PSA, my player of the week, Ryan Fitzmagic, the Harvard hero. Uh, 20, best beard in football. Best beard in football. Twenty-two of twenty-eight, three hundred fifty yards, three touchdowns, and had a one fifty-four point five rating. Played out of his mind. He, he did. Yeah, it, it's shocking when you. Hear Why couldn't he have sucked? Up. I wanted to play. But he did push back the two a train a couple oh, weeks. Damn. But, it was a good performance, at least. He at least did something, and I think he has a chance to win this play. I just want the Dolphins to lose, man, because I want to watch Tua play. That's, is, is that too much to ask for? I love watching Fitzmagic play, but, like, everywhere he's went, there's always been a good quarterback behind him. So now just give me Tua. Yeah, just suck. Or maybe, maybe, or this, maybe this needs to happen. Maybe the Broncos need to trade for Fitzpatrick, and Luck will be the next he best player. He hasn't played on the Broncos. That's one of the only teams he has not played on. <laughs> and maybe he'll be the next, make Drew Lock the next big thing, because his, his, his uh, um, time in Buffalo made Josh Allen a stud, and his time everywhere else, like he's made players studs. I want, I want. Drew Lock is still pretty young and starting at a high level, because he didn't, or actually he started all four years of the city. Never mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. take that back. But yeah. he could use some mentorship. He hasn't really had a mentor in the league so far. Now let's get into play of the week. Do the, you want to start or do you want I'll to let start? you start because it's it's the best knockout in UFC history. The number one knockout in UFC history. Joaquin Buckley spinning back kick K on the second round. But not only was it a spinning back kick, he had thrown a body kick and his opponent caught it. And then or it was a front kick that he threw. His opponent caught his foot, and instead of trying to yank his foot back and possibly get taken down, he decided that he was going to spin around with his other foot and try and kick this dude in the face. It happened. It worked. And he got the knockout in the second round. Wow. If you were living under a rock the past, like, three days, four days, five, whatever, oh, I guess it was Wednesday, so under a rock since Saturday morning, like, do yourself a favor, go watch that highlight. Like, it's one of the craziest knockouts because the athletic ability to, ha- while someone's holding your foot, to spin around and upkick someone With and the knock them foot. out cold. Yeah, you're basically oh jump. You, you did Jean-Claude Van Damme in all of his movies, the jumping, t- turning sidekick that... Every master that you learn from says, don't do this. If you're learning Taekwondo, don't jump and spin around and kick somebody in the face. You're, you're going to get knocked out. It's a new move that we've never seen before. Like, it's, it's a knockout. It's on, it's on par with the Showtime kick off the fence. Oh, my gosh. It's, one so of the, it's the only time that I've ever seen it. Probably the only time that I'm ever going to. It was to so it. good, man. It, it's tough for me to pick a play of the week to go against that. But there's only one thing that could beat that. And that was Alex Smith's first passing to pass, pass, complete pass. Excuse me, Alex Smith coming out after the injury. We talked about it earlier. Probably should win comeback player of the year, even though he he'll only play a few games. But one of the greatest stories in football. One of the greatest stories in this 2020 man. Like it's it, it was such incredible seeing seeing the the um, special ESPN had for him and seeing how gruesome his leg was and and knowing that how long it took for him to get back to that point. And seeing him complete a pass, although it wasn't that good of a pass, and it was just a dump off to the running back, it's still my play of the week because it brought a tear to my eye. So that's the only way that's going to beat Jimmy's play because Jimmy's play was the most outstanding play of the week. It was very similar to um, 
when the, Luca's game winner. Yeah, or Devin Booker from actually we did end up debating that one. Yeah, it was Luca's game winner yeah. that we didn't debate. It's very similar to that, but I let you have that just because Alex Smith's play was too beautiful to watch. Yeah, I was playing poker with my cousins, uh, with my cousin and his buddies from his bachelor party, and we all stopped our poker game just to watch that. That was mm-hmm. that was insane. That was. One of the top sports highlights of of the year yeah. by far, of and, year. and probably going. It's early on in twenty twenty. Probably going to be one of the best sports highlights of the decade. Um, but that's going to be. Uh, we might as well wrap it up from there. We don't really have anything else to talk. Yeah, about. I mean, like we've been saying all episode Friday, man. We have such a big episode. Please, please, please go follow us at FEOTV Pod on we Instagram are, and Twitter. You are guys listening. You guys are listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever it may be. If you're listening to us on Friday, go listen to our other podcast because we're releasing one on Friday morning. But we have the Birdman Chris Anderson on the pod with us. And my pops joins us as well. So many great stories. We talk about his heat days, his nuggets days. He gives me shit for all the stupid things I did when I was little because I've known him since I was seven years old, eight years old. Basically an older brother to you. He's my he's my fourth older brother. I have three brothers, three blood brothers, and now I, I've always had, technically said I've had a fourth brother. So mm-hmm. um, there's 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 really five of us in the Bryant Bryant group and Chris is the is the extra one, but having my dad on as well, you get to little inside stories about like Chris's times going into Dallas, playing for playing with LeBron, playing with Ray Allen, playing with the big three as well. A few playing stories there. Kobe, and then but, also, I mean, he basically credited your dad with saving his career. There's there's so many great things. Chris has one of the best stories the NBA has ever seen. There's there's so many um, tribulations that he's gone through, and it's a beautiful beautiful podcast it's so entertaining as well man yeah i'm glad that it was able to that they were the first guests on far into the bench they're the big guests we're gonna it's gonna take a lot to top them yeah, I, I feel bad for making jimmy uh basically sit there and let me talk with them the whole time but it was so much fun i got in some good questions and he told some pretty i mean i honestly i didn't know him very well and when he was big in basketball i wasn't following so it was cool for me to kind of get to hear some of those stories and He's exactly like what most of the professional athletes I've met. He thinks that he's the best, and he always thinks that he's got another chance to win. So, uh, he's down to earth person. Yeah, he's it's, a, it's a great story, and not a lot of people know about him because he was in kind of smaller markets, and he was not ever – he was a star in Denver, and we talk about it on the episode where he was kind of a cult cult hero in Denver with the Birdman and the tattoos and, and the, the, the full hawk. Um, but he is – one of, I think, the most interesting men to ever play in the NBA. That's a good way to put it. And, uh, yeah, we, we even get insight into how the Birdman nickname originated in his, all his tattoos. If, if, if you also have been living on a rock and never heard that story, he gives his insight and tells you how that nickname came about. I've heard the story millions of times. So well, yeah, it's like I said, follow us on social so, media. Such so a good can, episode. So you can get into the sweepstakes. Also a giveaway. Yep. We're going to be giving away a signed Chris Anderson jersey. For whoever can answer our, our little trivia question on Friday, right uh, on social media. But also, uh, while you're listening, if you're listening on Unhinged, please stay tuned because Duff City Podcast, our golf podcast on the network, is coming up after us. But if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, rate it five stars, like us, and leave a review. If you are listening on Spotify, follow the show so that all the episodes download to your queue automatically. We got, I mean, this is. This is where we're starting from. This is our jumping off point. We are going to get bigger and, and stronger, not just far into the bench, but unhinged as a whole. We are 
We're making moves. This is going to be huge. You need to make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. Like yeah. we said, Friday is a not-miss episode. Like This is going to be so much fun. To, you guys are going to love this episode. Chris is, like we said, man, one of the biggest characters in NBA history, man. Yeah. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button because it's must miss, it must not miss. Yeah, it's not, not, it's not miss. It's not miss. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. We've been recording two episodes it, one day. Back-to-back recording <laughs> it is tough. Thank you for joining us on the far end of the bench. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, and Nico Bryant, we will see you guys in the next week. Peace. This is a dollar belpy. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Now the fence ain't to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going ham. I'm going crazy. I'm yeah, sticking up for niggas. I'm in the kitchen, goodbye.